to your sanity safe space. The call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love pleasure. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. I think I almost forgot the tagline. And that's because I'm so impressed by the career achievement and it's not my own career achievement. I'm I'm impressed by. Well, uh, I I suppose just how how far you've come. I I I I don't know that we can continue the show. Like one of us is just on a higher level than the other at this point. That's sort of Did a mismatch. Uh, I read through your part of it. I'm not going to read through I know, the rest. I didn't read the rest of it. I'm like I don't yeah. know who these people are. Now I will say this SPLC thing. It was not a hit piece about me, but. I was featured prominently with my own subheading and an entire like five paragraphs about me. And they used a picture where I look awesome. And they used my hilarious quote that I wrote back to the reporter about how I've been waiting for this. And I'm, I'm so it's a, such an achievement and I'm so proud. And I just wanted to thank them and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's basically an article about how I'm hot and awesome. <laughs> and this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm if, except for my kids. If, if people didn't see, because this was published today, right? Yeah. So Blonde is party to a uh, a Southern Poverty Law Center hit piece on, I guess, an Idaho state senator who you happen. I do know nothing about. Like I stood next to her at this event that I didn't want to be at because I hate politicians. I talked to her for 30 seconds. Her name is Tammy Nichols. And she's like, "Okay, let's take a picture. I'm going to put it on Twitter. And I was like, listen, you do not want to do this. And she's like, I like you. What's your YouTube channel? I'll look it up. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, listen, lady, like you don't want this press. I, like something's going to happen. She still put it on YouTube and then she did hashtag blonde on the belly of the beast. And then I was like, well, <laughs> you're fucked. Shut up. Totally fucked. I didn't talk Silly to her woman. in 30 seconds. I, I have no idea. I don't even know where she's from. I don't know what her platform is about. Uh, I, I, I'm not even in her district. I don't think. Hmm. Just t- took a picture with me. And so Southern Poverty Law Center must have seen the photo and thought there's a great opportunity. And they swooped in to try to smear her, I guess. I don't I not that Southern Poverty Law Center is uh, I mean, this is their business. This is what they do. They smear people. Yeah. Why do they care so much about an Idaho state senator? What? Um, I don't know. You would think that I was this like, was oh, like, oh, you're a senator. And then I, she was like state senator. And I was like, ooh, I, mm, not here. I mean, it's yeah, it's like, OK, so uh, uh Idaho, someone in, in Idaho state government once took, once took a photo with an edgy person like that. That's that's the focal point of uh, of of some SPLC national hit piece. I'm not trying to discredit what is an achievement that I have yet to realize. No, but I just, it's so retarded. And like, yeah, it's like, who's reading this? I know. And that's what bothers me about it. It's like I couldn't get a, a hit piece based on my own credentials. I had to ride in. On the coattails of a state center. Yeah, it is kind of offensive. It's it's like uh, yeah. not I, I'm not trying to discredit this state senator either. I don't know uh, anything about her career. She but, seemed fine. I don't know anything about her, though. Not yeah. now. I I don't know. The I mean, implication being that you are only worthy of the hit piece through her, though, through rather her, than on right? your own. Yeah. 
And mostly uh, it just talks about Gypsy Crusader. However, it does call me a white nationalist and say that um, my YouTube channel is super popular for spreading white nationalist, blah, blah, uh, blah. And then it, uh, it it also talks about my husband and like us buying our house. Oh, so maybe they have a new angle. Maybe they're going to get their claws into something else. Well, I don't know. I mean, they were just like, they purchased their house in Coeur d'Alene in 2017, but didn't move in until September 2018. I was oh, like, I missed that part. I must have skimmed over. Okay. Why is that even relevant? Because there, it's it's like a threat. I'm like, I only talk about how I live in Coeur d'Alene all the time on this yeah. channel. <laughs> yeah. This is well, what they, they, they want you to be like, oh, they're going to release information about where you live. I would love these people to come up here and harass me in court. <laughs> it would make for good content. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more on Sunday. The only other uh, piece of news from Blonde World is, uh, well, I was going to ask you if you're banned on Twitter yet because you decided to go I'm ham. I'm in Twitter Rose. jail. Okay, so I was sick yesterday. I had a migraine. I couldn't do anything. It was terrible. But uh, I was on this SPLC high and I was like, oh, I get online and like, act like it's 2016 this is the serious part like you your statement is sort of joking to them like that this has reignited my spirit but it actually has splc splc should understand that they should understand that yeah Yeah. like this is an important career achievement because people have been saying i'm a fed a lot because i'm still on youtube and like now i mean who could possibly say i'm a fed after this I don't know the fed well there would be some cooperation between the feds and the splc i think anyway i don't know um, so I get on Twitter and, and like, I, I wanted some of that 2016 flavor. That's what I wanted. I wanted like mad leftist calling me a cunt all day. Like I just, I just wanted a little taste of that again, you know? And I'm only subbed to people or following people on Twitter that I was following in like 2017. So I'm like, let's see what all these people are doing in 2017. Let's per- pretend it's 2017. And so I get on Brian Krasenstein's. I don't even. Think I always he's thought real. they. Yeah, I always thought they were basically characters. I didn't think they were serious people. I I don't think that they are. And then like I heard him talk, and I've never heard him talk. And this guy has a wife and a kid. And so all I did was retweet his video and talk about how he's a like talks like a faggot. And <laughs> okay. people just he retweeted it and said something, and people just melted down. I've got people in my DMs and stuff like this guy, this gay guy message me he's like how would you feel if your kid came home from school and they had called somebody a faggot like the teacher told you i was like well uh that would be awesome but what kind of faggot parents send their kids to faggot public schools to get turned into faggots and then that it's <laughs> many like of those I people probably something. have no like, we're, we're in the midst of a serious financial crisis and stuff and people are yeah. like oh my god you said faggot and then this woman organized a, a block like a rating campaign on my channel and i look at her profile she is literally dying of cancer. i did see that one this she's got like weeks she's Although, like i was like what are you doing like go be with your family you crazy bitch my wife speculated that 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 might be fake for sympathy it might be fake cancer just for online cred Uh, because these people it's like it's so stereotypical what their profiles are like that i'm like it's possible that 80 percent of these people are bots it's like maybe ukraine flag black lives matter some rainbow thing i'm like blue wave don't forget blue wave and and uh well, I guess they don't they don't put the syringes in their bio. Usually that's mocking the vaccine. Or is it? Are they serious? I don't know. It anyway, fake. like and so many people calling me a cunt that I'm like, this can't be real. <laughs> All right. Well, perhaps we will catch up with a little bit more of your uh, Twitter adventures and your uh, uh, your 
hit B's accomplishment on Sunday, but we should get into our uh, callers. Uh, call in show as usual tonight, guys. You're going to know the rules for how to participate, but you are, if you are new, uh, there are instructions for how to do that in the video uh, description, wherever you may be viewing. And uh, if you'd like to participate, but you can't do it live, you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. Of course, we'll catch up with your super chats every half hour as well. Without further ado, let's get into the callers. Wow. Uh, Phil is up first tonight, so we're just Hi, we're going Phil. spicy right away. Hello, neighbors. Neighbors? <laughs> Are, we're neighborly now? Or did you? Never mind. It's, it's a deep cut. Oh, okay. Well, you're already <laughs> over my head. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was just told right before I came on to uh, congratulate Blonde for her hit piece. We you. were just discussing. I, yeah. I didn't want to drag this, drag the call out that long. But anyways, uh, is there anything you guys want to talk about? Other than, I have one idea, but uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to discuss? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the latest Phil chats and, and Phil contributions to the show. And if anything stuck in my memory is something maybe we should revisit. I don't know. It's um, I forget what I said Sunday, so. Uh, I'm trying to remember it's escaping me at the moment, but it seems like, you know, everything news wise is, uh, what sort of, uh, financial meltdown we're in store for shortly. And I don't know. I'm, I, it's not that I, it's not that I don't care about that. I care about that quite a lot, but I find it so discouraging that I, I find it yeah. hard to follow the, the details of. So I don't know. Are there things that I'm missing in the news beyond the financial meltdown? What's well, catching your eye lately? I just saw this like an hour ago, but apparently the uh, Idaho GOP is calling on President Biden to uh, grant an amnesty because they think they need more um, more Molly Tibbetts dying at the hands of, of illegal aliens. What did well, you I just say? The, the actual party or like a guy? I guess the, there's, a, uh, there's a resolution authored uh, by State Senator Jim Guthrie. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right from. now at a local um, radio station here. But basically they want uh, some version of, uh, they call it a targeted common sense, business focused market driven immigration reform, which at its core must include uh, an effective guest worker program that meets the labor needs and demands of a year round agricultural construction, hospitality, food processing, manufacturing, technology, ETC. Like you kind of get the idea here. <gasps> like oh, this is no, this, this is this is Idaho. This is a bright red state. Um, you know, this this seems to be happening in a lot of red red states or red areas where the Chamber of Commerce farms social conservatives for their for their for their vote so that they can do stuff like this and basically destroy our quality of life. Oh God! This is okay. So let me make sure I understand what I'm looking at here because I'm following. I'm looking at a Twitter account and I'm looking at some news stories. This is the State Freedom Caucus Network, so some sort of political advocacy group that is trying to push this through in Idaho and presumably elsewhere. And they say a couple days ago, Idaho Republicans are currently pushing a resolution to call on the federal government to pass a mass amnesty. 22 Republican senators just voted against sending it back to committee for debate. This is a state Donald Trump won by 30 points in 2020. Okay, but the reason the reason that I bring this up is because you've got Freedom Caucus people. And then you have like Black Lives Matter fist people responding affirmatively in the replies here that there's like a an unlikely an unlikely team forming, it appears. Mm -hmm. 
Huh. It's kind of, I've probably mentioned this before, but like, it makes you like wonder who to even, who you even want to, who do you even want to vote for? Like what, like we all kind of know there's no party for, well, at least right. people like me, maybe, maybe there's a party for people like Matt, but there's, there's no party for people like me because I I value a future for my own people more than I value the uh, opportunity for the Chamber of Commerce to strip mine the country and pave over everything just because it makes them $4 extra. Well, that, what's, what's a person to do, dude? I, I don't know. That's why I call in here and bitch on the internet. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope that's at least some, uh, some outlet. It's um, cathartic, at least. Well, that's true. seriously that's speaking, it, there there are a lot of political positions or political perspectives that are not well represented by virtue of the system that we have. I mean, when you have a winner-take-all system in your elections, you're going to get consolidation of ideas in, in two parties. And, and that has its benefits, that has its downsides. Maybe we need a system that has increased representation. Should should we change the way we select members of our legislatures? Should we make them representative by design or should we stick with winner take all districts? Even parliamentary systems like the UK have these sort of issues, though, too, because you hmm. still have labor, you have the Tories, you have, I don't know, they have a bunch of other parties, but it still boils down to basically left or right. Uh, but the the right is run by, well, the Tories are well to the left of our Republican Party. They might even be to the left of our democratic party. I'm not exactly sure how exactly, but um, hmm. okay. Yeah. I'll have to keep... least, at, yeah. At the very least, like I, I would, I'd wish regular people would be able to maybe push back against some of this, but I don't know how it's possible at this point. So maybe uh, I'm just pitching into the, into the ether. I don't know. <laughs> I think there's one could say that that's basically, the the exercise of this entire stream or really interaction on the internet in general um but yeah i uh th- this is this story is completely new to me i do see some people i follow on twitter talking about it as of a few days ago so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to read more into it because i haven't seen anything about this um all right well uh, thank you for the call phil uh did you have any closing thought before we let you go uh, just one thing. I saw uh, Aaron McIntyre did a stream with the Prudentialist uh, the last couple of days talking about uh, year zero and that concept and why the left has to destroy everything to make way for their utopia. I thought it was an interesting stream. All right. Uh, so if anybody wants to check that out. Well, thanks for calling. And of course, thanks for supporting the show. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Have so. a good one. Okay. Next up is Reloaded AK. AK, are you there? Oh yeah, I'm here. Give me a second. Um, so I'm guessing Phil covered the uh, the pl- uh, the more political aspects and possibly racial aspects of uh, today's uh, tonight's college show. So I wanted to uh, a little article uh, today about the whole SVB banking situation. Okay. Um. Well, uh, you know who our Treasury Secretary is, right? I'm aware. Uh, yeah, Janet Yellen. Yeah. Um. Did you know that you meant that some companies managed to transfer about a billion dollars out of uh a, what a, companies pray tell? Um well there were is Israeli startup tech firms. That they all managed to uh Who gave them that information? Yeah, maybe you know, somebody with a nepotistic intent. 
Like Janet Yellen. So wait, just so I'm clear on the the claim here, you're saying that money was taken out of SV, SVB oh. ahead of the federal takeover. Yep. And do, it, and how it, much it, money do we know? One billion dollars. One billion dollars. One billion. Yep, this um, okay. Is a, this was a reported on in the Times of Israel um, initially, and I'm reading something called it from something called Information Liberation. But it says Israeli firms transferred one billion out of Silicon Valley Bank to Israel before seizure by feds. And uh, it's, it's the two largest banks uh, set up a situation room where there's been operating around the clock to help firms transfer their money from SVB before it was seized to accounts in Israel. And, and it's this... been happening over the past few days. Do we know if other places were successful in the same thing, though, or was this completely unique? This sounds like it's been fairly, at least fairly unique from what we've been reported on so far. Like, hmm. this is the only one that we know of. And like, because, uh, again, Times of, it's Times of Israel was the only one saying, like, oh, hey, we managed to get our money out. All these tech firms managed to get their uh, money out right before the feds took over out of nowhere. And, you know, you know Janet Yellen, who happens to be Tiny Hat Gang, <laughs> might have looked the other way. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, yeah, somebody uh, within the bank did some some insider trading. Pretty much. Well, I mean, the, the I looked, I went to the Times of Israel article, and it talks about how uh, the S, uh, Silicon Valley Bank is the go to lender of technology startups in Israel, uh, and it uh, it says that what was it something about twenty five percent of basically Israel's startup tech companies are yeah, Longtown is the growth engine of the Israeli economy. The tech sector accounts for around 25% of the country's total income tax revenue and about 10% of the workforce. And SVB seems to be uh, very uh, crucial to their endeavors. So um, was some washing of hands might have been occurring as SVB was going tits up. So, Well, there I had mean, to be. You think it's some kind of coincidence. Not you, but the collective. You think it's yeah. some kind of coincidence that they withdrew a billion dollars. A billion dollars is like, gtfo never coming back money and again we're we're talking about like they talk about it's supposed to be for tech startup firms not like a may like a say maybe it's something like microsoft withdrew a billion dollars out of the out of their bank before <coughs> it closed they're well they're microsoft they've been around for like like what we're looking at 20 30 30 some odd years now 40 years does it That's does it a, say the timing of the with the exact timing of the withdrawal? Uh, Are we right, talking the like day before? It, it was the it was day like, before. It wasn't months they, months ahead of time or something. No, like that. no, huh. they little days before. Like they were working. It says in the article they were working around the clock. Uh, let me see if I go back to this one. It says a uh, managed to transfer uh, uh, one billion out of Silicon Valley Bank to accounts Central just before the bank was seized by the feds. The Times of Israel reports, literally hmm. right before. So, meanwhile, while our entire fi entire financial uh, situation in the U.S. is kind of like uh, looking a little bit suspect right now, you just managed to get uh, Israeli tech firms to transfer an entire billion dollars. You know, that's a that's an interesting question too. I hadn't thought of this. Let's say that they didn't, but they and their deposits were still in when the federal government has swooped in and bailed out these depositors. Do we bail out foreign depositors as well? I would say probably yes. We you not you don't realize, you don't realize like how much money we actually give these people. Do you, Matt? Are you telling me we bail out foreign depositors? Well, as it says right here, well, I would bet that we probably bail out foreign. Well, like considering the fact that what SVB is quote unquote an international entity. That's fucking crazy. No other bank would do that. Yeah, I guess I need to because SVB has uh, operations in the UK, right? Too. Mm -hmm. um uh, the, the 
when we say I'll, I'll have to read about this because when you're saying that these withdrawals were made from within the American banking system, not some international branch. Mm-hmm. And I just I've not heard any. To, maybe someone out there has more information on this because I this is something I didn't even think about when we were talking about this on Sunday. And as we've learned about this story, I've not seen any distinctions made on domestic versus foreign depositors, if that's a distinction to be made. Mm-hmm. But I would like to know the answer to that question. Are we what are well, we on the hook uh, for know, foreign here, depositors? Here, here, well, you're hearing the you're hearing the Times of Israel talk about how their startup firms managed to get a billion dollars out. I'm not hearing anybody like the anybody from the UK or any other startup firm talk about how they managed to get a billion dollars out. Just the Times of Israel. Anecdotally, I have heard some American firms pulling out their money, you know, beforehand. If maybe not the day before, but relatively recently. So it's not, I mean, it's not zero, but, uh, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, Matt, you said America, you say American companies. Well, who's running those American companies? I, I couldn't tell you. Are the, These are just anecdotal, gotta, anecdotal examples I've heard of, but well, you're going to have to get, well, if you give me the names of the companies, you give me a name and then I'll look at who's the, CEO I, I don't truth be told. Company. I don't even know. These are, th- I'm talking about like emails to me. A guy knows, you know, we ran mm-hmm. this company and this happened, that sort of thing. It's not even like news articles that I'm talking about. Yeah, well, it uh, uh, it's uh, let's see, it is apparently Haaretz also reported on it, and it's Israel, it's an Israeli newspaper, like online newspaper. Says a good many Israeli companies had been able to get their money out in time, but that was clearly not the case for everyone. And that companies whose deposits are now locked will seek to conceal this, concerned that any rumors might drive away customers, suppliers, and employees. Not the case for everyone. Just happened to be a bunch of Israeli first uh, startup companies and tech firms and you know it couldn't be the fact that a little bit of nepotism was going on due to janet yellen being you know janet yellen why can't we be like that though i and i I, you know why i want somebody to give me some insider trading information because i'm white that sounds awesome where do you where's the white privilege uh submission for i know right um well they would say that this is white privilege I, i need to know the process too not that i am doubting janet yellen's uh involvement in what has happened here clearly she's very involved but when the federal government decides to take over uh, a bank's assets like this who is who is the actual is it literally just janet yellen saying all right i'm i've declared this what's the term they there's a specific title that they assign to it uh something something risk i I remember but but who what is the process of that happening is it literally just a person saying i declare this or is there some sort of legal process I would assume that, well, I mean, depending on what it is, depending on how big an emergency it is, I, there probably isn't much of a legal process. Hmm. It's, But considering the fact that, uh, how would you know about Janet Yellen's involvement in all this? Considering the fact that all she would need to say is, okay, I'm, uh, she needs to tell some friends, hey, I'm not going to be implementing this, this uh, process until you can get your stuff done. And that could be just off the record. Uh, yeah. I'm just I... looking at the coincidence. The big fat coincidence. All right. Well, this but, is news to me. I'll have to. I'll have to look at it. But uh, if you have, do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we let you go? I just find it funny considering the fact that these people are getting real. Uh, these kinds of people are getting real brash. Looking at the and I, I, you remember that email I sent you about the Florida hate speech bill? Yeah. Like basically, they're gonna they're gonna try to they're the they're trying to upcharge like basic misdemeanors into like felonies. Depending mm-hmm. on your your hateful intent. Yeah. Well, it's so and that's because it's so brazen too. Like in that in that Israel Times article, they don't even make an excuse 
they should have at least give us, given us the courtesy of lying. Like, how did this happen? You know, how were they able to do that? They should have been like, well, some public knowledge reached us that didn't re- reach other groups of people or something like that. But they didn't even give us the courtesy of lying. You don't you don't read enough uh, Israel Israeli newspaper, do you? They don't let Listen, you like I can't people, do people, that. These I'm living on the don't. edge here. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you ever look, if you have if you have a. Uh, uh, I can't remember uh, uh, Jerusalem Post. If you got the Jerusalem Post telling you that uh, the X amount of Bible verses that are anti-Semitic and we need to change that, look, you, these people have no. I don't know if it's self-awareness or they're too cocky. But like these kind, of, like I said, you've got the that representative from Florida who is tiny hat gang, and I told you that Matt. He said, "I'm I'm completely confident that the, that these new House bills will pass. That where." You can be thrown in jail for five years for putting laser graffiti, like a, a laser projection, on the side of a building. Because yeah, it's... well, and and as I remember, as I I wrote to you that uh, they were trying to go after flyer distribution. This this particular hate speech proposal or or hate crime proposal in Florida. I I don't know how what its political prospects actually are. We'll have to keep an eye on it. But if it if it were to become law, uh. That's going to have it's going to have significant constitutional problems, but it would be interesting to see who is in favor of it, uh, who would vote for it, who would sign it, that sort of thing, because this would represent a massive overreach in what is considered a so-called hate crime. If you are a hate criminal for under the language of this bill, distributing flyers, uh, we, we, we don't have a First Amendment at that point. Well, the thing is that well, the the people that were distributing the flyers were following the letter of the law really well. They were making sure that things that they were the flyers were weighted down and everything, so they weren't flying everywhere and could be, couldn't be counted as considered as littering. Yeah. But when I mentioned the the lasering, uh, but the, when I mentioned the laser projection, they're going to start like. Well, I was reading when I was reading the bills, like the Senate and the House uh, bills that they introduced. Uh, and it forgot for the people in the audience that don't know, it's called like House Bill like two sixty nine mm-hmm. or something like that for Florida. Um, they're going to be like getting rid of what they count graffiti as. Like they're going to be changing what they're going to define as graffiti. Like graffiti usually counts as vandalism of some sort, where you tag a building, tag a wall, or something like that. There has to be a physical marker uh, of your uh, presence on it, like wh- what you did to it. Well, they're going to count laser projections as graffiti. Did somebody do that? What? Oh, oh, or yes. was this the thing? Was this the thing with the vax? The it was that what they did? They did a light yeah, projection. Okay. Yes, they did. That's they're how they're going to count that as graffiti. Okay, I see. So just so, just so I understand, someone took a projection device and projected the phrase "vax the Jews" onto a building. <laughs> yeah. The, okay. Just so I, that was <laughs> the nature of this? this crime. That was the nature of this crime that it was uh, referenced you in this law. You never heard of Hampson Truth and the Goyim Defense League? That's pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty hot topic okay. right now. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's a, but, the, but the thing is that they're trying to change the definition or change how they define things in terms of the law in order to try and nail these people. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, that's I how mean, they're That's, uh, Outside of the quote unquote hate context, the um, the idea of projecting a message onto someone else's property is, is sort of legally interesting on its own. But well, of course, yeah, because it's not permanent. A lot of it's like yeah. um, a lot of it's was like public public areas. So I huh. so I mean I can't think of anywhere where they pro- where they projected 
Vax is used on a synagogue or anything. Like they, they, these kinds, these guys. Oh, it wasn't even say, on someone's not... private property. I thought it, it was, was on public private property. It was oh. on, it was public property. It was like the don't do it, don't do it on a religious center, don't do it on a, a synagogue, don't do it anywhere because you'll be because you can be. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, right. But if you it, do it in general, then it doesn't count. Right. Like someone coming to to my house and spray painting something on my house is clearly vandalism. But at the same time someone projecting a message onto my house with some sort of light device. I wouldn't say that it's the same exact thing, but it's still a, a some sort of breach on my property, some sort of violation on my property. I, I thought that they were doing it to other people's property. This is just, this is nope. not, you don't have a, you don't necessarily have a right to alter public property in that way either. But again, it's a question of like whether the perspective or the speech should be some sort of enhancing punishment or enhancing factor. Uh, well, again, what are you altering mm-hmm. the public? Are you altering that property with the laser projection? Yeah, it's a, that that's an interesting question because it's something that can be simply turned off. Um, I suppose if I were to take the other side of it, it's it has the same it's not the same defacement, but it's the same sort of message alteration as if you as if you spray painted it or something, even though you can simply flip it off. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is I don't I don't think you have a right to project a message onto onto well the thing is that there was no law against it beforehand right like they okay. were completely within their legal bounds to do what they were doing that's why they never really got arrested i guess what they I'm, managed to, they were trying to get him for littering that's why they've been trying to the, nail him this whole time the reason i'm sort of stopping myself thinking through this is because if i went with the standard you don't have a right to project a message on some sort of public space well, i mean what's the difference between that and just saying it out loud in the public space Maybe that's an excellent question. Maybe that's what they try to go for is like, you can't say hateful things in public. Right. Hmm. Maybe that's what it's going to be in the, at the, at the end goal. It's like, you can't say hateful things because that's targeting people and targeting people's bad. All right. Well, thank Wait, you before for we call. let you go, do you know anything about mm-hmm. Goyam TV? Yeah. That's the guy who runs it. Okay. Guy, okay. Cause handsome truth is the guy who does it. Oh, all right. That makes sense because that's one thing in the SPLC uh, piece mm-hmm. that they were like super pissed off that I had linked to Goyam TV in my description. Cause before all my interviews, I'm just like, I'll put whatever you want in the description. And I just... Handsome truth. Yeah. Handsome truth is the same guy. He runs Goyam TV and the Goyam defense league. Interesting. Okay. They uh-huh. were so pissed off about that. I know. I know they were. I'm just, <laughs> it's just, I find it funny, but I'll, I've been on it long enough. I'll let you guys get to your next caller. Have a good See you later, dude. All right. Thanks for calling. Okay, we are due for a break. Already? Jeez, it's been fine. Uh, I yeah, did talk I'll, a lot th- at the beginning. Thanks for patience, callers. We will uh, get to more of your calls next segment. Uh, Zucchini app over on Rumble says, I wonder if the frequency of butt rape at the hands of government has increased exponentially in the last few years, or if we just recently developed an immunity to roofies. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. This piece of shit, they probably got age, you know? Uh, do you want me to go on YouTube? Yeah. That's all we got on uh, Rumble. Thank you for that. Holden Mulray. Hi, True Seekers. Conflated topic of the week. Money versus love of money. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. This gets misquoted as um, money is the root of all evil. The love of money. Yeah, because we have to have money. Too. Yeah. Well, um, you your family prospers through money. Money is a tool through which you build things, through which you achieve things, through which you provide all of that. Uh, 
money, of course, is not the pinnacle of the moral hierarchy. And that's that's why the distinction. Clearly, there are things you wouldn't do for money. And that's because there yeah. are matters of morality more important than money itself. And it's when we reverse that that we get in trouble where, where money is the highest value. Um, yeah, that's a that's a recipe for being a bad guy. Um, Playgirl magazine. Thanks for the plug, blonde. We appreciate it. I have got to stop wearing this T-shirt. I just, I'm just really into it. The last few months, they're going to come after you. Playgirl is going to come after you and disavow. Is what's I don't know. I just, I just get into these bands, and when I'm into them, I get into them so hard, and I just can't. I'm so obsessed. I have like all this. You do what with them? (laughs) I get really obsessed, and I have all this typo negative merch and stuff. He's been dead for like ten years. My brother's like, "Wow, you're really on the cutting edge of music." Um, Keith Johnson, did you see Tim Pool had a likely child murder Damien Nichols on his show? He's the West Memphis Three and Blackfield has a good video on it. Okay, so I've spent my life defending the West Memphis Three. And then uh, because I've become interested because of actual justice warrior and the Julius Jones case, I've become interested in all these cases that have all this uh, these celebrities behind them um, that are about you know the Innocence Project and, and uh, false imprisonment, et cetera. And I've always like, I haven't touched the West Memphis three. And then I listened to the Devin Sack West Memphis three episode. And now I totally think they did it. And I have been defending them for 15 years, 20 years. That good. He completely reversed your opinion. Well, the documentary that I was basing my entire worldview on um, has questionable producers and uh, they omitted you know, it's the documentary effect. It's like um, the same thing happened with Stephen Avery in Making a Murderer. Like that that guy fucking did it. That guy did it. They just omitted. I, I still think Brendan got screwed, though. I don't think Brendan did it. I think Stephen yeah. Avery did it. Yeah. Brendan was just there or something. Yeah. And and once you get to this, like the police planting evidence thing, I'm always like, mm, I don't I don't know, man. Anyway, the, Damien Eccles, um, they made Jesse Miss Kelly seem like he was some kind of retard that had a sub 70 IQ, but his IQ is actually 85, which is the average IQ of black people in this country. It's not like an IQ where you're retarded, you know? And then they made him seem like he was like a nonverbal retard. He's really not. And there were three guys there and the, the three boys were tied up hogtied with three separate knot styles. If there was one murderer, why would he do that? Why would he tie them all with a different style of knot? It's the kind of thing that would happen when there are three perpetrators and they each take a bullet. Hmm. That's not super solid evidence, but I heard that evidence and I was like, oh no, worldview collapsing. But I see why Tim Pool thought he was innocent. I I don't know the context of the show. I I guess Tim had him on to give his side of the accusations against him, I would assume. But yeah, I mean, people famously think that they are innocent but damien eccles um his family kicked him out of the house because they were afraid he was going to murder them he was mutilating dogs he was getting 5150 and attacking people in psychiatric uh institutions he had all these violent previous uh um not convictions but run-ins with the law it was like they didn't mention any of this shit they're like they like metallica and so so now i'm like wow it's amazing what documentaries can make you believe. Uh, Long Don John, Blonde, please never deprive us of these spicy tweets ever. The world is a better place with them. Also get that racial slur only fans going. I did pitch that because 
my friend that I've been talking about hiring, he's like, he thinks this is such a good idea, but I, I was like, absolutely not. This is the guy who's going to bring your channel to new heights. Is the it's the racial slur only fans? Well, I told you about that group of black guys that want like want to pay me uh, to to call them the N word, like for sexual reasons. <laughs> I think you referenced this in the past. It's been a little while, but that yeah, does ring they a bell. email me sometimes, and they're yeah. like, "Hey, baby, it's your it's your favorite coach." Um, I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, all right, okay." Anyway, so I was like, "Well, what if I started an OnlyFans?" And I wore like a prairie dress and i just said racial slurs at the camera like in different european accents i think it would do really well i was just joking of course but, yeah. um, that seems like it would be like that would be um spousal veto per a prior discussion my husband thank god he thought this he hates the splc but otherwise he's like not in this world thank god he thought this was funny huh. like all day i was like I well can i can i ask yeah you had to just disclose it or how I was like, listen, babe, um, I think I like did something nice for him first. And I was like, I, this piece, this SPL piece is going to be released. Yeah. Going to use my real name, our married name, which hasn't happened before. Ah. Um, and uh, it's going to be pretty nasty about how my white supremacist and all this stuff. And he's like, what's for dinner? <laughs> and then it came out today and he was like, he didn't read it. He's like, oh, no one's going to read this. Not oh, that's true. And when we share it on Sunday, because we'll discuss it, I'm definitely making sure to archive that so as not to send them. I don't want to be worth not. I have no delusions that that we're going to send the, the, you know, the whole Internet over there. But the traffic that we do refer, I don't want to really count toward their readership. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to be careful about that. Uh, um, we, we should uh, we should move uh, back to callers, though. Uh, thank you, guys. We'll get back to your chats at the top of the hour. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Orwell's ghost up next. Orwell, are you there? Uh, yes. Good evening, Elmer. Hi. What's on your mind? Oh, I was just going to ask. Uh, my sponsor got in here a few weeks ago and asked Blonde. Uh, I think she was thinking about going to an Eastern Orthodox mass, and uh, he sort of talked her into going back to a Catholic mass. I I haven't done, I haven't gone to church. Okay. I, I, I have a list of excuses, but the, my number one excuse is that having a toddler in church is, um, a nightmare. It's just a nightmare every time. Same, same. I, 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 like our daughter's not even the same age as yours. And, and I mean, my asshole puckers up every time we, we, we wake her up on Sunday because, we're, we're, we're like, we're floating. Okay. Do we want to go to seven? Cause our, our church does four masses. We do the seven, the eight thirty, the 11, which is the high mass. And then we have a one thirty. And well, so you can't take him to high mass, man. It's, it's just too well, long. yeah, we, we definitely can't do that. Yeah. It's, it's too long. Although the singing, like will put her to sleep. So, Interesting. um, so, but, uh, um, I think we're going to start going to the seven because we get her up. She sleeps through the mass. She comes home. Whatever. Uh, the point is, is uh, I uh, I'm just I'm just interested to know how how sort of your uh, um, your situation with with Christianity is going um, specifically with you like your Catholic faith because I remember watching your video. I think it was with uh, was his name E Michael Jones. This was about this was about two or three years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
And then uh, I had the same question for Matt, like, how's, how's your, how's your faith leading you and where, and where is it leading? Or how's your faith going and how, where is it leading you? I don't know. I mean, it's not, it's not going super well. Um, I'm, I have a contentious relationship with God and with understanding suffering. Like I, I, I don't know, since I had a miscarriage, I'm like, why, like what, what possible good could come out of this? Why would you have this happen in my life? Like I could barely handle it. I was, I'm just mad. Like I'm just pissed off all the time. Like every time some kind of terrible curb curveball gets thrown at me in life, I'm like, all right, like you're just going to put me through a bunch of suffering. Thanks. I don't understand it. There's this family and um, this Catholic family in Coeur d'Alene and they have eight kids. Uh, two years ago, uh, their daughter died. She was like 18 months. And then this week, the mom died. She had a super rare, random esophageal cancer. How old and was she? Like 40. And they have eight kids and a brand new baby. Wow. And like it- what, what possible reason? What possible reason could God have for putting that family through this? And her death was horrible horrible you put it all over twitter it was just like a fucking nightmare i just don't understand it's like does god put all all of us like after i had the miscarriage i was like i can't handle i cannot function i'm so depressed does god put us all through the maximum amount of suffering that we can handle like right before we're about to commit suicide is that what's happening here because like what a dick move and like i'm not supposed to be mad about it so i have to give god all the glory for all the good things in my life but none well, of the blame I mean, for the bad things. I, I haven't I haven't suffered in these ways, um, I suppose. And and I think that I'm probably as blessed as you are with, okay, you, you miscarried. You've still got a really healthy daughter. I, I assume she's doing very well. Yeah, um, she's awesome. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and that's – so I, 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 would, I would largely say I'm, I'm thankful for the things that, that I have. We haven't – tried for a second but i'm i'm very i'm very uh um cautious about how how this how this next one goes and i know you've had your your struggles too i think that the answer is probably yes i think that i don't remember what this was from but i believe the message was god never gives us more than we can handle um i i don't know i I think that probably is the truth to varying degrees, but I would also say that I think I would be completely torched and, and just destroyed if I lost my daughter. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean the six months, mm-hmm. seven months that I've had with her has just been really great. Um, and I mean, I, whenever people suffer or whenever you hear about people suffering, I always, I, I, and I'm. This is me coming into the faith. I'm not yet baptized because I'm in the, I'm in the uh, radical traditionalist Catholic parish in, in in Richmond, Virginia, where the where the thing came out of. So, um, but but I would I would say that read Job and really really. I mean, if you do your daily prayers, I would really sit down and read it and really think about it. Like if yeah, but nobody can give me a reason why Job was tested in this way. And it seems like God was so flippant uh, in his treatment of Job. It was just so pointlessly cruel. 
Job is, well, Job, is the most inexplicable God book. Yeah, but God, God, God didn't do anything to Job. God, God turned over first two things. One, God turned over permission for Satan to test Job. God, but he knew God that did, Satan was going to fuck with him. He wasn't like, yeah, oh. Yeah. Yeah, he understood that, but this is the other thing. And I had to go to my priest because the thing that I struggled with was like, I don't know how to love God. I have no idea what this, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. And I sat in front of my priest and I was like, he's going to like, cause I'm thinking I, I love things. Like I love my daughter. Like I love my wife. I don't know. Like I love Metallica's black album or master of puppets or something like that. Right. I, in like, that I order I, or in, in no particular order. order. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know what, like I have faith, faith, hope and charity or faith, you know, but I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like I haven't had some massive, this is why what Catholics believe has been really good for me because they talk about, you know, these, these sort of these, these amazing Things just don't happen to everybody. But what I was going to say is he sat me down and he said, and my daughter was with me. My wife was out of town uh, visiting family for the weekend. And I, he's, he said, well, why do you love your wife? And I was like, because uh, she's this, this. And he, he like, and my daughter was like in her little baby carriage. And he said, well, why do you love her? And I was like, I don't know, because she's mine. He goes, yeah, it's kind of the same thing with God. It's like, you have no idea. And then he made a, he made a really good point. He said, you know, God's suffering on the cross. And, and, uh, he says, you know, he, he looks down, he, you know, the, the Romans are cursing him and he says, father, forgive them. You know, you, they know the, not what they do. He's like, do you think he liked them? I was like, I sat back. I was like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> He's like, probably yeah. didn't like them. He's like, yeah, but he loved them. Like, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a little different. And I, I, I don't think that, uh, I, I don't, I, I would, try probably not to be so cynical about reading Job because I think, I think there are a lot of really good lessons there because there are the rebukes, there are the arguments and the rebukes and the arguments and the rebukes. And I think I, I what the problem is I don't think people read far enough into Job because it's a long fucking book in, in the Bible. And I, I just don't think that people read the later parts of it as much as they probably should. So that's, uh... that's, that's, that's it's right. it's it's work, you know. It's work. We don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, as I said before, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. So just just keep. I the hope faith you're right, and, man. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Keep the faith and and keep on trying. And Pat, we didn't get to you, but I'm sure you'll explain yourself soon. Well, I, it, the the question does come up uh, fairly frequently, and the condensed version, and it, it it's the completely accurate version. As there's not a lot of details. I I don't feel like my perspective has changed drastically in nine months of doing a John's gospel uh, Bible study. That's a good, but, one. but uh, there's something that compels me to continue it. I have interest in returning to it. I've found value in understanding scriptural meaning and reference. I've found uh, a small little community to study it with, and that's useful as well. So yeah, I, I, I have not had the uh, epiphany that I think uh, maybe some people hope for me to have, but that doesn't mean that I'm not finding value in it. And it doesn't mean that I'm any less eager to search for purpose, moral origin. Sure. Um, concepts, big concepts that clarify how we fit into this world. And so I'm going to keep doing it. I know that's a lot of like generalities, but, uh, but if I, if I thought it was totally useless, I would have said, eh, waste of my time. I'm not going to do this anymore. And that's not what happened. So 
But it uh, might yeah, just be think, like an exhaustive search. Happen as often as people think. Yeah, they do. yeah, exactly. I, I, I think, I think that a lot of that stupid shit is overrated. And if yeah. I can say one last thing, if if you're Catholic, you're Catholic. If you're Christian, you're Christian. Whatever. We don't feel Christian, or we don't feel Catholic. I'm just, I'm just going to say Catholic because I, because I am. We don't feel Catholic unless we do Catholic things. And if we don't get up in the morning and like, it's not like. The love to, to, to Christ is not like, you know, oh, I love, you know, I, I love, you know, like, let, let me buy you something and do this. No, it's, it's like, it's, it's not like it's the, the black reverence. album, you know, it's different. Correct. Yeah, yeah correct. Exactly. <laughs> it's it, yeah, exactly. It's the, it's the reverence part. Like you yeah. have a commitment to him. So say your morning prayers, say your rosary. When you start doing Catholic th- things, you'll start feeling Catholic and then you'll start probably acting Catholic. And the same thing with Christian. When you start doing Christian things, you'll start feeling a little bit more Christian, and then you'll start acting a little more Christian. And then when you skip out on something, so on like a few days ago, I, I was one rosary short of like a consecration that I'm like a 33-day consecration I was doing. Yeah. I was like, fuck, I got to get back into it. And and so I so I went back, and I don't know. It's just you, you, the repetition is the thing that makes it more realistic so all right uh, that's well, good advice thank you so much yeah thanks for calling in absolutely. man absolutely yeah you uh, guys best to you and your family bye-bye yep, you too <sighs> okay next up we got wes wes are you there hey matt how's it going hey, i'm blonde. well how are you <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sorry i do it to you every time i always put yeah. you second what, what, i am your, second yeah it's okay what's on your mind As sir a woman should be mm-hmm. um so uh i I guess I'll give you a quick update on my brother and a conclusion I've come to. Yeah, for the for members of the audience who may not have heard the original, can you summarize the the situation in say thirty seconds and then give us the update? Sure. I had an older brother, grew up in private religious schools, went to college, lost his faith, became a nihilist. Then uh, he got married, moved to Texas, had a wife, and then he decided to get into some sort of fetish cuckold thing where his wife and he would have sex with other people. His wife had sex with another man. And then he shortly thereafter decided he wanted to be a woman. They split up because she wasn't into that. And now, (laughs) yeah, the groaning. Uh, Now he, uh, now he lives life as a woman. I haven't talked to him in probably like six or seven months. Um, I was thinking about some of the things he said to me and that, he said that he enjoys dressing up as a woman. When I when I pressed him on why he's doing it, he eventually admitted to me that he doesn't believe he's actually a woman, that the whole point behind it was he enjoys doing it because uh, he's a nihilist. So what other thing is there to do besides just serve your own um, hedonistic tendencies? Does he think that his uh, experience with quote-unquote transgenderism is representative, or does he think he's an outlier? I don't know. Hmm. Um, probably, probably not. I mean, I wouldn't ask him how he think. I haven't asked him how he fits into it all. Yeah. I guess um, I'd just be curious if, so if he's saying, I don't really think I'm a woman, but I believe that those other people who say they are, are, I wonder if that's his perspective or if I wonder if he thinks the whole thing is, uh, uh you know, one thing I've always respected somewhat my inauthentic older perhaps anyway, one thing I've always respected my older brother for is how smart he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very intelligent and he is so intelligent when he became an atheist, he took the only logical conclusion to it, became a nihilist, and he's also smart enough to realize that he's faking it, and he's doing it simply because he enjoys it. 
I would also think that applies to everybody else. He realizes people can do what they want. Who cares? We're all just atoms bouncing around anyway. But what I've realized is that this man is an autogynophiliac. I didn't have a word for it back then, but the reason for doing it is just because he enjoys it. The man is an autogynophiliac. That's the accusation against uh, the swimmer, too. What, what's his name? Um, is it like they're uh, turned on by themselves? In yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. they are turned on by themselves being dressed up as a woman. So that is the only update. I, I read some verse in uh, the New Testament that says, how can one who has known the truth and then turn away be saved? And basically, I've taken that to mean I should probably give up on him. Maybe if he if he comes around, it'll be because he's hit rock bottom and realizes how awful this is. But it's probably not going to be through me talking to him. Wow. So yeah. are you saying you would cut him off even if he came to you looking to change the way that he's living or thinking or would that no would you... i'm not saying that i'm saying okay. i'm not going to be trying to reach out to him if he I decides see. hey okay. wes i need help um i'm broke i need a place to stay i would say okay sure but you got to stop living this farce if you're going to live under my yeah, roof I, I i think that sounds completely reasonable i uh That's terrible that that of course, family connections or, or family integrity is crucial to maintain, but it doesn't sound to me like you're betraying that in any way. You've sounds like you've made yourself clear, and it sounds like you would be a good a good brother to him if he decided that he wanted uh, your help. And so, I, yeah, I, that sounds like a perfectly he, reasonable course of action to me. Yeah, yeah, he's just got to get there first, and the only way for someone to reach rock bottom is to let them keep digging themselves a hole. That's true. It's like addiction, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, that or they die. You know, forty. Yeah. What is it? Forty nine percent. We're uh, going here. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you do you have worry about him in that context? Has he ever expressed ideas about self harm or suicide or anything? No, he says he's completely happy. Hmm. Well, that's okay. a lie. Uh, how he old says are the he's kids? Happier than he's ever been. Or uh, are there kids? His, uh, the one daughter who is his adopted daughter oh. has to be probably around three or four. Does he still oh, have child God. custody or wait, is, adopted yes. daughter? I believe I, I wholeheartedly believe he got brownie points in the court system because he was a trans woman. Wait, is the daughter from a dude that she was banging? This sounds like yes. Douglas familiar. Oh, that's right. Wow. Yes. Okay. 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 Before we let you go, maybe he was well, I haven't so... even gotten to my topic yet. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> let's finish this first and then we'll get we'll we'll finish up. Maybe he was so emasculated by being cuckolded cuckolded that he that manifested in in him wanting to dress like woman. Hmm. uh maybe i'm not gonna keep speculating i think his suggest uh his sexual libertinage basically led to all sorts of other perversions and that's yeah. all there is to it okay be fast to with the with the other thing all right matt um i guess this is two-parter what i'm kind of <laughs> i'll have to be brief but sure i mean uh, let, let, let me just dive into it. Have you heard of a doctrine, or not a doctrine, a system of government called theonomy? No, but I'm going to, well, you tell me what it is. I guess I could guess based on the the first part yeah, so and think it's theologically the, the, linked, to, but I don't know. And it, it translates to God's law. It's this idea okay. that I've been seeing touted around in certain circles by uh, Jeff Durbin and some other guys mm -hmm. that the Old Testament law was given to the Israelites by God, and it is in fact a good law, and it should and will be applied to all nations everywhere as part of Christ's uh, authority over the whole earth as given to him at the end of Matthew. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that 
every nation should basically follow Israeli law, with a few exceptions. The things that were ceremonial or uh, sacrificial, the things that Jesus abdicated. And it's this. We're we talking like that, Ten Commandments type stuff, or what are we talking about here? Like what? Yeah, what... sort of like that. Okay. And it's this idea that, um, that God is the head of all governments; all authority descends from Him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to get into the super specifics of it. I just wanted your thoughts on it. And also, have you seen that speech by the El Salvadorian president where he says, "Hey, no. this oh, is for the glory of God that we've done this." It. That's what I should have brought up with Phil. That's that was Phil's chat, and I want I wanted to hear Phil's perspective on that because Phil knows more about the El Salvador situation than I do. So I don't know anything about that. So I'll have to punt on that one. But on this question of um, of God as the origin of morality and the origin of sort of the natural law, that, that's a point that I understand and grant completely. And that's why I'm so interested in continuing down this, uh, this path and this search for answers in faith about where that comes from, uh, how that, what the connection between God is the origin of morality and, and sort of how that manifests as the natural law of the world, all of that, all of those big questions that I don't have perfect explanations for. Uh, that's why I'm so interested in them. So it's not my dispute um, whenever we get into this discussion about, say, like, should we have one centralized authority that just enforces God's law, quote unquote, wouldn't that be the best system? I don't know if that's what you're getting at, but that sometimes comes up. Uh, no, it's, it's um, OK, so m- maybe I'm misunderstanding your question before I carry on. I actually on. don't know what the head of their government is. So the, the what they propose from the research I've done to it, what I can remember is that they would yeah. be basically two forms of government. There'd be the, the, the civil authority, which is the government oh. as we see it today. And then the church is a government of itself. Um, that's why there's separation of church and state. And mm-hmm. so that the government cannot impose laws on the church. The church would police things like, I suppose, uh, things that the civil authorities would not be able to police. And you can think of your yeah, own well, things, but, but a church would say, Hey, we know you, we know your life. We're in community with you. What you're doing is not good. Stop it. Yeah. Well, the the whole the whole concept of the establishment clause in the Constitution has just been bastardized by the Sonia Sotomayors of the world, who who think that the intent is not what you're talking about, as in the state intruding upon church affairs, or as in the state not coercing you into certain religious practice, but that that the entire clause is designed to protect you from ever seeing a cross symbol in public life ever, or like seeing a guy pray sometimes like you've been infringed upon for what's, what's really interesting is the early state charters, depending on which state you went to, it had denominational restrictions. You had to be a Catholic to be in office in this state. You had to be Protestant to be, you're saying it like the, the founding time. Yeah. The, uh, the early, early. Times. Well, and of course back then we didn't heard, of course, I, I don't know the history of it, but I could I'm sure that's probably true or at least parts of it are true. Um, and the idea being that 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 uh, the 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 Bill of Rights at the time was meant to describe your relationship with the federal government. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant to apply to the states in the way that it does today. Now, we can debate whether that was a good idea to extend that application or not. But but, yeah, I mean, the original idea was that you would have that relationship and sort out those questions with your community and your state. It wasn't going to be the federal government imposing certain rules on you to decide how that ought to operate. Well, anyway, I'm pretty sure I'm out of time. So that was my spitball pitch to you about it. I yeah. am going to probably look into it more. It interests me because, you know, it'd probably be a better system of government than what we got now, even if it were flawless, it were, if it were executed in a flawed manner. 
Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of some pun about how no, I don't know that, that that that's fed bait. There's a pun there about <laughs> execution and forming better governments. And that's that's all. I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to leave it right there. Uh, thank you, man. Uh, have all a good right, call. Hey, or have a good, good night. You had right. a good call. What am I talking about? My brain is shot. Thank you. All right. Catch you later. Yeah. Have a good call. Anyway. Have a good uh, call. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, let's catch up with chat. We're at the top of the hour. Jeff Sloat says, uh, hello, Blonde. That's a great piece. Matt sounded very upset and jealous when he mentioned it. Stay strong and keep the hate flowing. I tried. I even wrote them and said, can you include my dear friend? Oh, yeah, that's I saw that on Twitter. She did lobby on my behalf. I did. You know, could I if you felt insulted by being shoehorned in in your own way? I mean, I would have been belittled even more if I if I was just a guy. Hey, and I did. I admittedly, it's like I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I am going to control F search control. my name. Son of a bitch. <laughs> they didn't even mention it again. Yeah, uh, I, that happened. I can't deny that. But I thought that I was appreciative. I thought that I was uh, I acknowledged the feat. I didn't think that I was. There was no, no. jealousy. Even I feel I just very validated by the way you approach this accomplishment, this life accomplishment. Thank you. Well, certainly we'll discuss it a little more on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will keep. I will carry on my efforts, Jeff. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> Southern Poverty Law Center. We secretly masturbate to images of blonde, but we still wish her death. I, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. <laughs> Faggots against blonde. Take us seriously. We be typing on Twitter. <laughs> My wife uh, clarified, by the way, she didn't think the cancer lady that was going after you on Twitter. It wasn't that she was fake. It's that she was a bot. It's it's also possible. All these people are bots. Yeah. Yeah. But but I guess my the point that I'm making is if you're setting up a bot to be a political propaganda mechanism, you might also deploy the fake cancer as a means of That'd shielding yourself from criticism, yeah. which I'm, I suspect was going on. Didn't work for me. I was like, use your time wisely. You're going to die. Just change your name to stage four blonde. And <laughs> wait, is it stage four? That's worse. Or what, what, what is stage one? Four worst? Is worse, yeah. Stage four is the worst. Okay. Yeah. Just be stage four blonde and shield. Yourself. Did you see that woman that told me that her gay brother died and that all of her friends, her gay friends are dying of AIDS. And then she was like attacking me. I was like, well, your brother's already dead and all of your friends are going to die from AIDS. Like, do I even have to argue with you? I win. I, I win. Uh, I did not see that one. So people, they're just it's so easy. Red Falcor. Uh, our tendency is to be so independently minded and hopeless about the system that we consistently lose, uh, lose via a self-fulfilling prophecy. We can stop the cycle of empire collapse. If we just be less stupid. Um, I certainly, yeah. I certainly agree that we all exercise more control over our own lives than we realize that when that just, you might not be able to achieve everything you could possibly dream because there are forces often unjust in the world that that may put obstacles in front of you. But if you do everything you can to make your personal life the best it could possibly be and build your own little community in the form of family and and strengthen your world as much as you can, um, we all have a lot of potential that is unrealized. And yes, uh, totally. And but that said, I, I and I don't mean to. I don't know exactly what Ralph Red Falcor would say about this, so I'm not saying he's saying the opposite. I'm saying my attitude towards, say, the federal government is very pessimistic, though. Yeah. But that's sort of how you counter that is you do what you can in your area of control mm -hmm. and you. 
focus there and you build the best version of your life for yourself and your family that you possibly can. And what else can you do? You're yeah. going to find purpose and happiness in that or is at least as much as you possibly can. Yep. And then you wait for the federal government to collapse because one way or another that's happening. <laughs> and I think is. Red Falcor would probably agree. Uh, maybe he wouldn't though. Maybe he thinks we can uh, dig our way out of this. And I hope that's the case. I don't want anything to do with a lot of the disaster that looks like it's coming, but uh, there yeah. are some big, powerful forces in the world that are uh, pro-disaster, it seems. Uh, and I hope you're doing well, man. Uh, appreciate it. The Matt Christensen Party of Bozeman. Uh, please join us, Matt. We want you to run for mayor. Well, I have a 0% prospect of winning that <laughs> office, um, This, especially when you're running in city limits like that. Uh, not that I would consider it, but you you basically have to be a progressive Democrat to win that to win that oh, office. That's so lame. You know, you know what I learned because uh, Bozeman has trended that way when people moved in. I knew that this last election, uh, there was a moment of herstory for the state of Montana, which was electing a tranny representative from Missoula. I knew about that, and I knew it was you know downtown Missoula or whatever. It's it's. City limits Missoula. So if any place in Montana was going to vote for a transgender representative, that would be the place. And this transgender representative has made a show of himself by advocating against the bill in our legislature that would uh, put a stop to drag shows for kids. That's the hill that this tranny is is wanting to die on, is making sure that there's drag, drag queen story hour for kids in Montana uh, publicly funded libraries, that kind of thing. So it was a big show. And I, I've known that for a while. I did not know that there were actually two, that both. What? Yeah, there are two from Missoula. Both state legislators in the in the Montana State House from Missoula, because I guess there are two districts. The other They're one is trannies. non-binary, but it's clearly just like a, it's a fat chick who's, you know, not very feminine. You and know, this is the only reason they got elected. I know. That's like, I've, I don't know. You, th- you think that I, I wish Montana lived up to its reputation of, you know, being some wild west state where everyone's old school and tough. And in truth, most of the state actually is that it's a lot of ranchers. It's a lot of uh, there's a lot of, you know, uh, Dutton type people uh, across That's rural Montana. Bummer, but I bet they're so pissed about this. Um, But yeah, you go you go to Missoula and clearly not. But it it, it is. D- <laughs> Do these people think that it was just their their political prowess and skill that propelled them to office? Or is it just like I put T on my candidacy, not for well, to signify that I'm transgender rather than my party affiliation. They clearly don't care. That's about meritocracy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, Just a couple more here. We'll hop right back into the calls. Zors says um, one of these days, my sacrifice of sleep will pay off and I'll get in. Uh, the Call of Blonde. Which would you rather listen to? Ten hours of Timcast or five hours of Ben Shapiro? Ten hours of Timcast for sure. Well, I listen he, to Timcast voluntarily sometimes. Who's the guest? That that, that depends. On, what if it's Ben Shapiro on Timcast? Yeah, of course not. You're an asshat. Uh, thank you, Zors. And uh, I'm sorry that we were that uh, apparently it didn't work out tonight. Or, or if it doesn't, I'm sorry about that. But of course, uh, we look forward to hearing from you when you're able. And of course, thanks for supporting the show. Silicon Valley Bank, please help us. Even trans girls won't date our nerdy asses and we have no money. <laughs> uh, they'll have money. It's just, uh, you know, at the devaluation of the dollars that the rest of us hold. But they'll have money. Yep. Yep. Ark says, uh, I wish the general public actually realized that our country is in decline, both morally and financially. It's astonishing how naive people are given the past several years. Yeah, it's. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 
one of those things where sometimes it's hard for me to tell what's the internet and what's real life because most people with whom I interact in real life seem pretty clear about these concepts that yeah. our country is tanking financially and that we have a lot of bizarre moral degeneracy going around and they're perfectly yeah, but willing if you go to, to Seattle. Nobody thinks like that. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe it's just the region that I live in uh, or what it, it seems like just everyday people that you talk to get these concepts, but you yeah. go on the internet or you look at election results and you would, I, I guess I'm supposed to believe given the election results that most people walking around not only don't see what I see, but buy into something that is basically the complete opposite, that right. things are going great despite the 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 light the lightness of their wallet and that they actually think it's totally fine that that we have uh that we've just erased the distinction between men and women and we want to rope kids into that yeah, well, philosophy I think it's progress hmm. i guess that's what i'm supposed to believe anyway thanks for the chats guys we'll come back to them at the end of the show uh appreciate uh your support for the show thank you and we'll get into the calls here um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Jello, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Hi. What's on your mind? Um, I don't really know how to word what I'm going to ask, I guess. Go on. Okay, so I was having a conversation basically with one of my friends uh, yesterday, and we were pretty much talking about if you're a private citizen or regular person, how can you... I don't know what word I'm looking for. How can you, I guess, have the courage to stand firm against a lot of the like woke culture things that we're seeing today when there's things like um, threats to employment uh, in schools, people risking like poor grades or being reprimanded, yeah. woke mobs, like Blonde in the beginning, you were talking about a hit piece or that you've had. I was vaguely listening to it. Of what you were saying and then um so on like people trying to tear people down like i listened to also blonde you had your talk with gypsy crusader and gypsy crusader went on about his experience i guess with like uh like what he was doing essentially didn't only impact him it impacted his family and all those right other things so i don't know since you guys are in this space and speak very publicly on issues I'm wondering like what your take is on, I guess, talking yeah, how to about do that. If you're working issues. like a, a normal quote unquote, normal office job, or you're in, you know, a, a big university or something like that is what you're asking about. Yeah. Like if you're not a person like with a backing to protect you also, yeah. essentially, like how can you, or like in your, in your thoughts, like, uh, should you just double down and like not back down or, like what well, do you, what should you do? <laughs> it depends on how like is that going to destroy your life? Like being realistic, is that going to destroy your life? And it also depends on what kind of personality type you have. Like from the beginning, I thought all this leftist harassment, it's gotten a little scary sometimes, but for the most part, I've always thought it was really funny. And <laughs> that has really helped me stay positive about this because it um it just fuels me. It makes me want to do it more. And when the people that you hate hate you, it's validating. It's <laughs> it makes you feel like you're doing the right thing, like you believe the right things. Um, and so having conviction, I think, um, really readies you against uh, 
some of the ramifications. But mm. like I, I tell people not to not to blow up their lives. Yeah. When I put out my first YouTube video, I like I had my brother watch it and everything like that before I put it on. And I really trust his opinion. He's really smart. And he's like, this is going to go viral and your life as you know it is going to be over. And so I knew that I had that mentality like before I said the first thing on the internet. So I think that that will help you. Like it's a gradual thing. You'll deal with consequences as they happen. But if you look at your life and you're like, if I get canceled, I'm going to lose this, this, and this. And those things can only happen one time. Then you can gradually shift your life uh, away from these con conventional resources and start to rely on people that uh, align more with your convictions. It's a gradual thing. It's really hard. And like, if you're going to blow up your entire life, don't be like, you know, the Jews did 9-11 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you I mean, might. Uh... Everything in the appropriate setting, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, um, I, th I feel like I've I've been able I, the position that I'm in to talk about a lot of these things is a position of luxury because I've been in it for several years now and I haven't faced when I left my old job it wasn't because of some workplace hostility about these issues it was because I wanted to pursue this and it was they were like workplace conflicts but they weren't political in nature and so I've I've not had to do that in my place of work and in school, I actually had a great experience in school where right. people disagreed politically, but it was not this toxic. We'll destroy you if you disagree type nonsense. Yeah. He so, learned stuff in school. That I, I, wasn't yeah, even that long like it, ago. It, either, it yeah. actually was an open forum for ideas, which was uh, awesome. But uh, those days are long past. So I, I just, I'll acknowledge that I don't have direct experience in this. And I speak as somebody who's sort of, through through fortune, I suppose, found a way to talk about this without putting myself at extreme risk, at least in my current place of employment or at school. Um, so if you're someone who's in that position, I think there are uh, a couple things to think about. If, if I was if I was in a job like that now, or if I was in school, I would probably start talking with people behind the scenes first and assess get some allies yeah. yeah like assess if i'm way off or assess if people actually kind of agree with me but they're scared to say it and if it's the latter if people kind of agree with you but they're scared to say it that is just a question of courage that is a question yeah. of someone taking a leadership role stepping up and saying it and the others then just being willing to sit, raise their hands and say yeah I, I actually kind of agree uh if you can get that sort of situation maybe that's a more clearable hurdle than just going for broke and standing up in the middle of the meeting and saying, this is all ridiculous, preposterous nonsense. If you're the sort of guy who can so do fun. that, that's if you're awesome. the sort of person, you all more power to you. Um, the, so I would, if I was doing it now, I'd probably strategize a little bit in, in that way. And the would other you thing, be willing to share a little bit about your current circumstances? Like beg, like, do you work a normie job or are you in school? Um, well, Recently, I just finished university, so I guess this was probably a much bigger issue when I was at school. Are you in America? Um, no, I'm not in America. Okay. Yeah, Are you Canada. in Europe? Oh, Yo, you're in Canada? No, oh, well, there's no shit. help. Thanks yeah. for calling in. Uh, yeah, have a good, good luck. <laughs> um, it's going to be tougher. You. Are you in a major metropolitan area? Um, Outside. But when I went to the university, a lot of um especially to the i was doing a bachelor of 
arts, so that made it worse. <laughs> but yeah. a lot of issues, like, you can't even really speak against them without possibly being reprimanded or having your grades negatively impacted. Like, for example, I had um, one course where the professor, it was, it was a law course, and the professor said something along the lines, we were talking about a transgender case. It was trans, uh, trans woman in sports. And the professor said, we're not going to talk about if trans women should compete in sports. It's obvious they should compete in sports because a law women. professor said that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we're going to talk about a different, um, issue. I don't, I don't even remember what the, what, what the question prompt was, but I was just baffled. <laughs> so do you have a normie that. job now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. What's your financial situation like? Are you married? Are you young? Are you relying on your parents at all? Um, I'm young, so I'm I'm still basically like a new a new graduate. So it's just start just trying to start a new career essentially. That's so like you're like 23. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a boyfriend? No. Okay. Well, I, that's what I would do. Like, I coincidentally decided to go really hard on my YouTube channel right at the same time that I became financially dependent on my husband. So. I'm not telling you you should do that, but it totally worked. For me. <laughs> well, seriously speaking, um, th there's just truth for both men and women that there's strength in marriage. Uh, there, yeah. there just is, whether it's getting fired from your job for completely unrelated reasons because the company went out of business or something like that. There's there's strength in marriage. And so for anybody looking for security of any sort, that is something to uh, keep in mind. Are you dating? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if I were you, I would just make dating like I would go to my stupid normie job and do whatever. And I would just make dating like a second job. It would just be like a major, major priority and then find some based sexy dude and, uh, you know, move to some move to Victoria or something. That said, though, she probably does have leverage in this progressive place of work to use the female cred to achieve achieve ends you know if you if you can find a way to that's true well all you got to do is wear Subvert the big the big, pro, the big pros, uh, prosthetic tees and then uh if you if they <laughs> let you go then then you have a you have a lawsuit on your hands discrimination um <laughs> well i hope we helped i'm sorry i know it feels like a hopeless situation the, but well the other thing i'll say too and this reminds me of um some of blonde's positions on whether or not uh or just how what the what the what the best course of action with avoiding the vaccine mandates was. We've gone back and forth a lot about that and, and what the balance is between resisting at all costs and men providing for their families. For example, um, I, I, for, for people who are in your position, I, one thing about um, blonde's argument in that, that I admire is, is recognizing that if you are successful and by that, I mean, you've completed your study, you have some sort of job, you have your life in order generally, Odds are that's for a reason, and it's not like you should be reckless and seek to destroy your own life or something like that. But but if the rug is pulled out from under you, if you were already in a position of success once, odds are you're going to be able to achieve it in one form or another later. Know, Especially, yeah. you know, you're a young, you're a young person who, if if one opportunity was taken from you, I would be comfortable speculating there will probably be additional opportunities later. 
that's so, true. And I was about your age when I really started thinking about it. I read this book before our work week and I was like, oh my God, I don't ever want to work for anybody ever again. But to get to that lifestyle, I had to do a bunch of things that failed miserably. Like I've had several businesses before my YouTube channel started. Um, none of them worked. I used to, did I tell you, I used to write like little blurbs for uh, this sex toy company. What? Exactly. what? Yeah. I was doing freelance um, writing because I was just trying to, and I was just taking any job I could yeah. get freelance writing. And one of them was um, was writing blurbs for sex stores. And so I did that for a few months. And then I, I wrote <laughs> SAT questions. You wrote SAT questions? SAT practice questions. Oh, okay. Um, so I was just taking like any, I was like white hustling, you know, yeah. just to just to see if I could do it. Selling things on Etsy. I was doing all this stuff. There you go. Etsy hustle. We solved it for you, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll hope it works. Them. Keep us posted. Okay. Thank Good you. Good luck. Thanks for Thanks. calling. Bye. Bye. Raggle Fraggle's up next. Raggle Fraggle, are you there? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey. What's on your mind? Um. Well, first off, I want to clarify my in my last call. I'm not a financial idiot. I swear. I don't what? even remember what we talked. Yeah, about. what were we talking about? Um. What was it? Compound interest. I know how that works. I it's. I was oh, did I treat a... you like an idiot? I'm sorry. N nah, no, it was there was an implication, but it wasn't overt. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, I don't know how much people a... know. Well, no, it, it was a buddy of mine and I were talking about it, and he was talking about how the Rockefellers maintain their wealth is through compound interest. And it sounds the way he made it sound like it was like, you know, extreme extremely different from what we think of normally so i was just curious about that but anyway that's just to bring it up i swear i know what that is uh <laughs> okay as far as yeah yeah topics do you want it? well it sounds like you've you're on board with uh god and natural law so i guess we don't have to talk about that if you don't want to well you know one thing i've been thinking about lately is uh objective morality you want no. To... And, uh, uh, well, how about this? Well, the objective I... morality of circumcision. Let's take that okay, for, the next, for the next I, 45 I, minutes. I, I have <laughs> nothing for specifically objective morality. I had a whole yeah, yeah. GK Chesterton bit saved up just for uh, God and natural law if you still hadn't made the connection. But like I said, oh, well, that's, that's the connection so. that I'm on the quest for. It's, uh, yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in natural law as a concept. That there, that there is a, okay. an objective, that's what I mean, is that there is an objective morality, an objective moral framework, a right and wrong. It pre-existed us. We didn't invent it. We didn't decide it. Um, and how does that connect? That That is a God concept to me. How does that connect to um, specific biblical or scriptural teachings? That's the, the quest that I'm on that I, that I can never quite okay, so now, answer to my now satisfaction. You're trying to, now you're trying to connect the, uh, the, idea of God to biblical teachings is what it is. Yeah, but when I say God in this context, what I mean is that the origin of that moral framework, the origin of those rules. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wherever these rules that we all sort of understand in our conscience and we all sort of operate according to, regardless of what the political laws may be, where does that come from? And 
the counter people would say that's a that's a bio that's an evolutionary trait that it was just evolutionarily advantageous for us to develop that sense of quote unquote morality. I'm unconvinced. I think that that was something that 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 preexisted us, and I want to find out where that came from. Okay, yeah, I can't help you there. I'm on that same path too. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm still trying to. I'm on the. I'm on the same path. I'm trying to put it all together. Yeah. I don't yeah. know it well enough to to repeat it back to you. I'll put it that way. Well, if you discover it, if it's like if it fits in a paragraph, send it send it my way. Oh, if we if we could find it in a paragraph, I'm sure somebody's already written it. I just yeah. got to find it. <laughs> uh, now we were talking about movies uh, in the chat, you and I, and. I found the the guy that did the infographic for the show for the bit. Uh, his name's Jolly Roger, but I can't find him on like Discord or anything for some reason. I don't know. Do you still can you still uh, get wait, in touch uh, with him? What he did? What the what the infographic for the the oh uh, movie bit? Oh, so you found uh, you're saying the guy who made that that uh, chart or that graph of how Blonde and I rated all the the movies? Oh, right, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 I could. F- I'm sure I could find his email in my inbox. If are, you're looking to contact him or what? Yeah, because like I said, you're coming up on your 100th movie in the next. Uh, I think you're on number 90, or you just did 90. Oh my gosh! So it's coming up soon. Max watched in, nearly a hundred movies, May, right? Yeah. Uh, I've just watched, but written yes. a whole bunch of hated reviews. There's a whole library. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I. I uh, send me uh send me a message to remind me and when i'm at my desk tomorrow or in the next couple of days i will see i'll go back and find him in my inbox and i'll i can't just uh share contact info without permission to do that but i'll ask for if, if, if right. he's willing to talk to you and then uh connect you if that's the case uh that's what i i, I figured it'd be best just to get in touch with you first because i can't find him or at least I don't it's know if he's on. on yeah, I don't. I just I know I got it through email, so I don't know what other platforms he okay. might be on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, question: If we were to stop the movie bit, would you still want to watch movies, or is this the only motivation you have? Are you into movies now? Um. Truth mm-hmm. be Truth be told, I like consuming my entertainment in a little bit shorter format. Um. I can watch things like sports games for entertainment, but that's because they don't require my full attention. You know, a movie really requires your full attention and your full attention for two hours, maybe three hours. Um, It's not that it's never worth it. Great movies are certainly worth it, but movies that, that I think are a, a, well-used piece of time like that i i i it was a valuable use of my time to sit and pay full attention to that three hours um that's most commonly not the case when it's good it's good but most of the time i feel like well i could have been doing something else you know uh so the but the, the best thing i can say for it outside of the movies that i really enjoy which are worthwhile to watch for their own sake but it also does force me to put aside time to just enjoy a piece of entertainment with my family. Now, the problem is as the little boy gets older, some of the stuff is uh, not appropriate for his viewing. So that actually becomes somewhat of an obstacle potentially. But anyway, to answer your question, if it weren't for the movie bit, would I watch movies as much as I do? Would I watch them at a rate of one or more per week? No, I might watch one per week, but I bet it would be fewer. 
Hello? Do we lose you? Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I'm I, here. All right. Um, so, yeah, I don't okay, think I don't so think movies are like my big watch, thing. Not but regularly, at least. Yeah, I, it's just it's a perfectly fine entertainment format. But I don't know that it's something that I'll ever be extremely enthusiastic about. Mm-hmm. Though I do find value. Obviously, there's value in understanding these things as cultural references. There's value in thinking about these things. Uh, that, that's why I enjoy the movies that have some sort of moral dilemma or some sort of philosophy to think about, uh, because those are things that I can apply to my, to my daily living more readily than just like it, it had funny yeah. jokes, even though I do like funny jokes too, but you know, yeah, that's generally why yeah, I enjoy that sort of movie wor- more. Yeah. Me and Blondo keep working on making a cinephile out of you. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Any more than I'm going to convince blonde to start watching football or something like that. Yeah. But I don't know. Like you've had some really great reviews. Like your review for Truman show was really good. All right. Okay. And that was a surprisingly great movie. Yeah. That was one every every once in a while. There's a movie that just don't be uh, a movie that I don't expect anything out of that turns out to be really, really great. And that's an example of that's always a, a good rewarding feeling when that happens, but it's not, those what are, are we rare. talking about Blazing Tru- Saddles? Truman Show. Uh, no, the Truman Show. And Blazing Saddles was good too, but I kind of oh. knew what I was in for. So even oh, okay. Blazing Saddles didn't hit me as hard as it might have if I had no idea what it was. I kind of had an idea what it was. So anyway, Cinephile, no, but uh, okay. you know, I, I now know more about movies than I did two years ago. That's for sure. Well, don't be niggardly with the uh, wikis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I Technically, I think that one is allowed. Uh, can, um, unlike the me? prior one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, I, I did hear that. I am not going to be niggardly. Uh, okay, so I don't, okay. I don't have to lecture you because that was technically okay. not a, an N-word drop. But, uh, Blonde, I hear you sniggering in the background. You stop that. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. I was upset that I got ousted as the last one to say it on the show. So I'm going to dance around it a bit. <laughs> you you dropped a hard R on here before? I've done it multiple times. I can't remember. <laughs> well, you've been respectful lately, then. <laughs> All right, have a good night. Yeah. Uh, last call tonight. About? We'll go to Nicholas. Nicholas, are you there? Nicholas, I got nothing. Do you? Mm-mm. Okay, uh, Nicholas. I'm going to put you in our uh, tech problems room and maybe our screener will be able to help you out and we will see if we can circle back with you in a few minutes. Um, given that we are at the bottom of the hour though, and we don't have any more callers ready to go, let's just move um, into our email questions and we'll see if we sure. get Nicholas back in a minute. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um, as a reminder, I, I should remind people more, but if you'd like to, Send us an email question for the Wednesday show. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristiansonmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. That keeps uh, all the questions organized for us, which is much appreciated. Snow Ape Dan says, Is it possible that Bill Gates and the rest of the World Economic Forum crowd have correctly identified overpopulation as the largest threat facing the world and are simply wrong about the solution because they are greedy and evil? Instead of reducing the world into a mirror of 1984 or Soylent Green, would it be possible, or wouldn't it be possible, to put that same effort and money into terraforming and farming to buy as much time to expand to other planets? Oh, I hate this so much. Okay, so this whole... It's not possible 
that overpopulation is the real problem. Um, every man, woman, and child on earth could fit in Texas if we all lived like they do in Tokyo. There are giant cultivatable, that's not a word, but you get what I'm I think that might be a word. Able to be um, cultivated, yeah. Uh, swaths of land that are totally uninhabited in the world. Totally drive through, uninhabited. Drive through Nevada sometime. Drive I through know. Wyoming sometime, yeah. Even Colorado and, and Idaho and, yeah, that drive through Wyoming, it's all, you know, it's a little arid, but it's, it's livable land. People live in the Mojave Desert and, sh- and shit. Um, so I don't buy this at all. I think that, like, we really need to use the earth that we're given which we're not doing appropriately. This is why I am an environmentalist. Yeah, they, they are. To some extent, you, you can't have one without the other, but you do have to prioritize. And that is to say, what is of higher value or what serves the other? Does the earth serve human life or does human life serve the earth? And I think clearly as a matter of morality, the earth serves human serves life. Human life yeah. But that doesn't, if we're, recklessly destructive of it we are by extension damaging human life that's that's exactly. why right, environmentalism right. is is i think a perfectly valid philosophy i i don't want the environment around here ruined i quite like the pristine wilderness in which i live um that's not to mean that but I, environmentalism I, also needs to have this aspect of reasonable use of resources yeah I don't, and it doesn't mean i want some bureaucrat from dc telling me and my state how we ought to manage our natural resources because that's a disaster exactly. too right. um so, yeah, I just I, I don't I don't grant the premise that overpopulation is some existential threat, at least currently or in the foreseeable future. But but if I were to if we agreed to that premise, I, I certainly would follow the logic that he's saying that if you if we believed that we were going to populate ourselves out of Earth as a, a reasonable or possible habitat. The, the correct answer would not be st- start trying to kill people off, which I'm not saying Bill Gates and company are. I'm not making a defamatory statement. I'm saying in this hypothetical, that's what the evil overlords are doing. That's not the answer. It's not call the people. The answer is try to construct or adapt more hospitable habitat. That's how you solve well, they that. They clearly are doing that. Well, I don't know. Speak for yourself. With vaccines and this COVID nonsense <laughs> and everything. Yeah. It's, uh, it, this is a culling of the herd. There might be, there may be some, uh, the, uh, the, some might interpret that. Oh, that's true. Thank you, Snow Ape Dan. Um, okay. Richard Parker. In relation to my March 1st call, you stated that the state censorship does not work while also postulating the false dichotomy that it is an, that is an either or proposition, i.e. state censorship, rather than cultural rejection and persuading people. Do you concede that a brief survey of history demonstrates that when state censorship is backed by a groundswell of popular support, moral outrage, and conviction, state censorship is highly effective with such examples, including extreme sexual and cultural degeneracy of Weimar Berlin being silenced by the Nazi regime. We have another question about this. Prior to their defeat, the defeat of the Third Reich having occurred for only for entirely other reasons. Also, current censorship in the modern uh, Bundesrepublik which has in fact successfully quashed the momentum of the far right in Germany, as well as other European countries and current insurgents of the hard left, where they tore down Confederate and other colonial statues during BML riots, which were tacitly endorsed by the state through a mission of action in many places, 
It is considered a hate crime to burn, burn or deface a pride flag, wear Confederate or Nazi imagery in public, etc. So what's the question? Yeah, you it, it, it depends on what you consider effective. I suppose it, his definition of effective here would be uh, the minimization of that idea or the erasure of that idea. I, I can't confront these examples specifically because it's not something that I have a lot of historical knowledge of. So I, I can't give you, I can't tell you, yes, that's a hundred percent correct. No, that's a hundred percent incorrect. The, the, the point I'll offer on effectiveness is I don't know that that's an appropriate def. I'll, I'll grant the point. Let's say that, Oh, it, 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 uh, minimize this idea in the public space. And so therefore that's effective. Let's say that that's true. That's one way to measure effectiveness. I think another way to measure effectiveness is how society prospers. How is it that new great ideas develop? The way that that happens is by the open competition of ideas. And if you, if you suppress ideas, if you try to erase them from the with the with the uh, use of the state, if you try to erase them from the public space in this way, you are going to suppress the emergence of new ideas that challenge the status quo and therefore advancement. Uh, I also think that mere effectiveness is one side of the opposition to state censorship. Here, you also have the moral component. Is it moral to try to control the thoughts and words of other people? I don't think it is. I think that, that those are the rights of those individuals. And it's not only wrong to try to control them insofar as it destroys that competition of ideas and therefore advancement, but because it's their personal right to believe and say what they believe to be true. So uh, the other, the other, the other issue I have with this, the way this is framed, that if state censorship is backed by the the groundswell, like if if state censorship is backed by public opinion, it essentially is the premise here that if you have a strong majority moral opposition to a certain concept or a certain let's say communism in this case everyone hates the communist ideology in this culture and so they where they see it they shame it where they Mm -hmm. say that sucks you're stupid on top of that we put some sort of state ban on communist ideology you can't have the books you can't write the ideology or something well i mean we're getting back to that that point that we discussed earlier what what is effective here? Is that the the cultural rejection, the argument against it that's effective, or is it just the, the gun of the state? And I think that winning the argument and convincing people and having those people individually believe this is a bad idea rather than having the government point a gun at them to tell them it's a bad idea is what makes that effective. If, if effective is minimizing the idea's presence in this case. But okay. I think I think okay. I'm un- understanding your premise of I'm uh, not understanding how you're framing this, Richard. Go ahead and follow up. But uh, thank you for the question. Uh, another one for me. Uh, Matt's a Lolbert. Matt, is there a problem with parents allowing kids to see hardcore porn? Should it be prohibited by law? If so, where would you draw the line between that and other forms of censorship? Uh, should parents be prosecuted for allowing their kids to see porn? Ooh. Um, what if it happens I, accidentally? I think that it, I think it's a bad, obviously I think it's a bad parenting strategy if a parent does <laughs> yeah. that, but the moral danger on the other side of this, you have th- how a parent curates entertainment and, uh, 
speech in its more pure forms, I suppose you might say, what sort of TV they watch or what sort of media they consume. Uh, that I don't know that 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 those free speech principles apply strictly in this case. This is a matter of what the parent is curating for the child rather than what, Mm -hmm. say, the state is allowing people to see. Um, Should it be prohibited by law? Well, as always in these, when we get into these topics of how should the state intervene in the relationship between parent and child, I... (laughs) This is this is some something of a trap, I suppose you could say. But I, I am not in favor of removing uh, child custody from parents on, say, this basis. Doesn't mean I think you're a good parent if you do it. But I think the more tools that we give the state to remove kids from their parents, the more damage that we do. Suppose you could argue, you know, the damage is done by parents sub- submitting them, uh, submitting their kids to this sort of material. I don't know. I mean, can I, my worry here is if you if you grant this premise, you say that the state can intervene and punish those parents, prosecute those parents, potentially put them in jail. H- how do we differentiate that state power from state power that would separate anybody else from their kids on the basis of ideological disagreement? Oh, totally. Or yeah. any of those risks. So they would just use it as a way to to for CPS to take kids because it actually accidentally happened with Emmeline when she was like a really, really young. Yeah. But let me uh, going through Twitter. It was just <laughs> so. So those are my inclinations because I, I'm I'm very skeptical. You, there's no of, way you could legislate this. I'm very okay. skeptical of empowering the state to separate parents and kids. On the other side of it, though, let me play devil's advocate and see if I can make the pro argument. Well, if, if you if you believe that, say, uh, parents should not be at liberty to bring their kids to uh, drag queen story hour on the basis that it is a sexual display for kids. um, What's the difference here? This is still yeah. parents consensually submitting their children to a sexual display. I guess the the difference I would draw there is if I was going to impose any form of justice there, it would be on the people doing the presentation with the intent of attracting kids to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, the people producing the quote unquote entertainment or the media in this, they're not. uh this is not in this is not some advertised product for kids in the same way that drag queen story hours and if i were if i were to uh write the legislation in the state of montana and drag queen story hour for kids for example it's i wouldn't use that as a a method to separate parents from their kids i would use the like what they're doing in this state currently which is this is not something that's going to happen on public property mm-hmm. with public resources. I don't know that I can stop any of those parents from bringing a drag queen into their own home to entertain their kid. I might say that you're a crappy parent if you do that, but could I have that parent arrested for it? I don't know. I'd, I'd be any skeptical. Any laws we of, pass will be weaponized against us. I'd be skeptical of that standard. So that's probably the distinction I would draw between those two examples. Uh, All right. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, admittedly, these are difficult questions, but but I don't, if I have to err, I don't want to err on the side of state power over children instead of parental power over children. Gab Let's users see. up next. A recent post by Gypsy Crusader on Gab was a video of Trump promising big titty goth chicks for every Aryan motherfucker. <laughs> May have been a deep fake, but interested to hear your thoughts on the policy. Is that what men want? Well, yeah, must be. Uh, girl. I, I have not heard of this new policy proposal, though. Trump has been I'm into it. Yeah. I, the way the way Trump is, uh, you know, I, I he's not that far off from saying things like that. We'll see if he goes down with 
crazy ideas like that or not, or if he goes down at all, I shouldn't count him out. I just like, I I wonder how this upcoming campaign is going to go. And it seems hard for me to see him winning in the sort of improbable way that he did in 2016. But then I remind myself, well, yeah, every idiot counted him out then too. And then look what happened. So yeah, maybe I shouldn't be so dismissive. It's just, I don't know. So far the Trump, the Trump 2024 campaign does not feel the same as the Trump 2020, uh, 2016 campaign. Uh, yep. Or it even the 2020 the so same energy at all. So, but I, I, I'll happily be the idiot if he proves me wrong. Charlie says, do you think declaring a state, a reservation would be an effective way of gaining states rights? Uh, don't you find it incredibly racist and outdated that Indians get to have an ethno state similar to what I asked before? Uh, I don't, I, I know, but you didn't really engage with it last time. Well, is this the one where we actually had to assign the races to the state? Cause we totally went through we that. Did, oh yeah. Oh, I was, I was thoughtful. As a way to preserve states' rights. <laughs> Maybe we could do this. Well, I I, uh, wow. I don't know that I don't see that being any more effective than just uh, secession or something at this point. On what basis would the federal government say, oh, yeah, those uh, I assume this is a what is this, a white reservation? Is that what he's talking about? Or is it what kind of reservation is this? I don't know. You think well, the federal government is going? I think he is talking about a, yeah. a white reservation. I know you're being somewhat tongue in cheek, so I don't mean to be dismissive. But if you think the federal government is going to sign off on giving a white equivalent Indian reservation, you know, sovereignty, uh, no, no, that is not going to happen. I think you'd probably have better luck with secession outright <laughs> than that. Uh, good, but if uh, if you have thoughts otherwise, you're always as always. You're no, welcome I, to I respond. Don't, I don't Thank you. know how that would work. Um, Hugh Jorgen, I get it. Did you guys hmm. see Gavin McInnes on Friday night tights with Chrissy Mayer? After heckling them for over two hours in the stream, he pulled out his manhood and peed on the floor. <laughs> Gives new meaning to the term live stream. No, oh. I saw some people in Discord talking about it, but I haven't seen that. I messaged Chrissy on Twitter, but I can't talk to her for a week because of my stupid van. Um, that's weird. That that's... makes his phone answering bit seem like way less offensive. Did they, uh, I forgot to ask when we were talking about the, the Twitter ban, did they tell you what got you the suspension? Did they tell you what tweet or was it I just had to delete like 14 tweets. Oh, so it was all the ones, uh, oh, it was some of the all the faggoty too. tweets. That's what, that's what yeah, you're saying. It was, yeah. it was not, I'm not proud of myself. I really am proud of myself. <laughs> Cheesemaker said, hi fags. I have a sister that is a total leftist. She votes Democrats and agrees with most of the left's agenda. Her and I were talking a few days ago, and she says that she still still considers herself Catholic. We were both raised Catholic. I told her that she cannot claim to be Catholic and be a Democrat. I told her that Catholics do not agree with things like gay marriage, abortion. She says religion should not be a part of politics. I told her that religion has to be a part of politics. What are your thoughts on this topic? Blonde, do you agree or disagree that a Democrat can also be a Catholic? Oh, I mean, no. If you support abortion, uh, open borders or lax immigration policy, things that are destructive to the faith and to people's lives, um, which basically all democratic policies are, I don't know how you could how you could possibly claim to be Catholic. That being said, uh, there's this loophole because post-Vatican II Catholicism is totally bitched out. And so, and, you know, Joe Biden is Catholic and Nancy Pelosi is Catholic, but, you know, they're not actually. So people can feel like they're still Catholic while being Democrats, but you, you just cannot be a pro-choice Catholic. You can't. Uh, 
I ask this not rhetorically, but because I don't know as a, as a matter of the church and what the, the followers say, but to what degree are you supposed to follow the Pope to be considered Catholic? Cause he has all these progressive views. I don't, I don't know if he aligns with all of that, but he's, uh, he's, he's new age in a lot of his politics. Is he not? Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing like a schism in the church based on the Pope. He's and so if you say the Pope shill. is full of shit, can you, does that make you not Catholic or does no, that matter? No, it's fine. Um, yeah, you can say that. And then there are sex, sex of the church who have fully denounced the Pope also. Hmm, okay. Um, on the topic of of religion and politics should be separate. Well, I think she's probably referencing the idea that that we were talking about earlier, like the 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 principle of separation of church and state as a matter of government's intrusion. The the, the establishment clause of the First Amendment that the the state is not to establish a formal religion, but that's really more about the state uh, forcing some sort of religious practice on you. That's not about you informing your politics through your faith. And frankly, I don't know how you could possibly separate the two. The reason that my political views are the way that they are is because I hold a set of moral beliefs that I believe are true about the world. And the politics are an extension of those moral beliefs. And I'm someone who I guess I'm Matt almost Christensen as I was coined. I'm some quasi religious (laughs) person, but everything I believe about the natural moral order of the world informs and applies to how I view the just application formation and application of the law. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you could, on what basis I could possibly separate my moral view of the world from my political view of the world. That, that seems like a nonsensical. I don't know how you could possibly do that. What informs your politics on what basis do you make your political judgments? If not right. your preexisting moral framework. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's probably what I would if if I was to participate in that conversation, that's probably what I would ask your sister. What if not for your moral convictions, your Catholic moral convictions, as she claims, what informs your political judgment? What is your yep. compass politics there? is downstream from culture? It's also downstream from. Uh, well, it is your sense of personal morality. How could you they're inextricably linked? How could you possibly separate? the two? Yeah, I don't I don't follow that logic at all, but uh this is from Blonde's Latinx American cousin. Hi, Matt and Blonde. I met a girl that is way younger than me, like 10 years younger. She's in her early 20s. And while I may be retarded, I do think she's showing interest in me. Do you have any advice on how to approach this potential relationship? Should I just ignore the age gap entirely? Why does everybody act like 10 years? Is, it's not, that's not even a significant age gap. Like when somebody tells me there's a significant age gap in their relationship, I'm thinking like 30 plus years. Well, I'm glad he clarified she's in her 60. early 20s because that would be the big distinction. <laughs> 22 and 32, yeah. that's perfect. Um, yeah, I don't... Uh, it, it, I, I think that some degree of similar life stage matters, of course. Uh, but, what? But similar life stage is is really a proxy for similar life goals. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you're on the same page about achieving the same thing... The fact that you're in a similar life stage is sort of secondary to that, you know? That's true, um, yeah. But but you're also projecting all this autonomy on women. Like, what women need from men is for men to take women seriously in the dating market and to, to swoop them up when they're in their early 20s 
and save them from becoming sluts. Yeah, I guess that's really what this needs to be about. You need to like talk to her and be like, listen, like I'm, I'm into you. I want to take this further, but if we're going to do this, we're going to be monogamous and we're going to be on a path to marriage. Yeah. Uh, Which I think is especially wise to clarify. So I, I, I guess the difference between what I was suggesting and what you're suggesting is I was thinking that she would be on the same page of wanting these goals you're telling you're saying just outright tell her and i don't think yeah, that that's women need to completely be told, insane either like yeah the more assertive told what to do yeah the more assertive i got in my dating life that's that's how i achieved success it was back yeah. when i used to defer to female whims that uh, i was an unsuccessful young man so you gotta be like what's your plan here like do you want children do you want to do these things and what do you what do you want to do in your life before you do these things is it you know like bang dudes or work at your dumbass marketing job or like get blacked out drunk. Um, cause none of these things matter. Yeah. And then well, if she's not taking you seriously, then do not simp for her. Don't follow her around or whatever. Find some like younger, hotter chick. And go for her. <laughs> I suppose you're right that it's a mistake to at some level, the ask is a mistake and don't get me wrong. I don't mean that you're supposed to like kidnap women or something like that. It should what be I, so close to kidnapping. Like <laughs> what, as what I mean is to kidnapping as legally as possible. What I mean is for me, what, what worked is presenting a woman with an affirmative plan. Hey, this is the plan. This is how it's going to happen. Are you in or are you out? Yeah, totally. And, it, and of course, if she's out, then you're out. That's not me yeah. saying doesn't matter what she says, but Rather than what was successful for me was not necessarily so uh, like, what are you looking for? Where do you see yourself? It's like, listen, here's what I want to achieve. You fit into that this way. We got to do X, Y, and Z. Are you in? Yes. Great. We're going to make it happen. Take that leadership role, make the plan. And if she's on board with it, well, there you go. Um, Yeah. And I think people could grossly overestimate the amount of stuff you have to have in common with your significant other. Yeah. You have have to have values. You have to have but, values and plans. Yeah. But like my husband and I don't have very much in common, but we have a child together. And so nothing else really matters. Like I don't give a shit that he listens to nineties hip hop. Although I find it inexplicable. You clearly give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you um, give many. But everybody's like, Oh, what kind of music do you listen to? And like, do you like to hike? And like, you, like you need to be doing shit together all the time. You don't like, yeah. are you going to raise your kids the same way? And sometimes it's fun when you have different interests. I've been able to introduce my wife to some of my interests. She introduces me to some of hers and we've been able to find enjoyment with each other in different hobbies and pastimes that neither one of that we didn't necessarily experience individually in the past. Um, Damn it. I just uh, Nicholas was back and I was just going to hop in to grab him. Uh, Dangerous spaces. Well, let me bring in dangerous spaces and just see if we can talk to him. Hey, uh, dangerous spaces. Are you there? Dangerous spaces. Oh, um, I just noticed that Nicholas was there and I was going to grab him, but he just took off. So I don't know if he wants another chance, but I can bring him right back in if he's ready. Sorry, I just saw the dangerous spaces. I don't the live chat like forever ago. No, yeah. right. I was just saying to him that I don't know how you have your setup. So I don't know if you were able to see him. I can go have a chat to him and yeah. bring him back up. Tell him um, yeah. if he if he wants to come in, we'll take one more question and then we'll get to him. And uh, yeah, so, no sorry, sorry for the wait, but thanks for your help. No, that's right. I, I mean, the main thing is we've never had this before of I've got a last caller that's yeah. that dropped, so I that's didn't fine. know what to do. So all right, thank you. <laughs> it's okay. I'll go. I'll go find him. Okay. Love him so much more now that I've started watching Blue. <laughs> Your yeah. time will come. I man. guess I'll have to check it out. Um, the 
let's see. The next up is end of ideology. Um, Matt, just for your information, the Weimar Germany had rampant LGBT ideology, including some of the first gender clinics. When the mid-century Germans came to power, this was all ended, and the whole ideology was set back about 80 years. Uh, this was stated recently in the mainstream left-wing rag. What, if anything, do you think we can learn from the heroes of the 20th century? I'm sure Blonde can fill in any details uh, you may have questions about. I guess oh, I, I know all sorts of stuff about this. Okay, so the history of how this happened... Um, is the the characterization here is that there was a lot of similar themes that we're seeing today, this sort of gender bending and a lot of uh, gender degeneracy. Yes. And it was through the, it was, it was through the exercise of state power that that was successfully defeated, but not, there wasn't cultural. It wasn't like, what, what oh, was the was cultural? cultural? Oh, so people just hated it. Well, people hated Jews. I, I'm familiar with that part of the history that was taught to me, but, 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 uh, the, but Jewish people, um, in Weimar, uh, Germany, I mean, you can find rabbis talking about this, um, anywhere on the internet, but they deliberately introduced this element of pedophilia, transgenderism, homosexuality, fetish porn, everything like that into the zeitgeist through printing. And it was all Jewish companies. Um, yeah, the, well, the, pre- the, the, I, I guess the premise as I'm interpreting it, I think this is sort of related to what Richard was saying or the example that he was giving that, uh, the, the, the exercise of state control over that speech was necessary and beneficial. And I, I guess by implication should be repeated today. Um, well, I mean, it, it, it was a, it was a different time, but Hitler did come in and when you hear about, World War II era book burnings. People say like they were trying to delete knowledge. It was all it was all pornographic filth that that was being was being destroyed. That part of history has been totally um, rewritten. Now in in an information age like today, uh, the state wouldn't be able to exercise that same level of control for obvious reasons, right? Uh, so the only way to control this kind of kind of stuff, I think, is culturally. If the state's not going to come in and be able to get rid of dark web kitty porn or whatever. Um, well, <laughs> the, their capabilities are one question. Getting control of those levers of power is another question too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, um, my knowledge of that part of history is, is, uh, is not very specific. Obviously this is not something that I have a deep understanding of, but I'm, Unless there's something I'm missing, I'm. I, this is not going to get me to embrace the idea that some sort of uh, state censorship mechanism would be the proper solution. Right. Uh, I mean, I would advocate for that if we were in a situation where it was confined to um, printed items like it was a, uh, after Weimar Republic. I would well, advocate for a state destruction of the of media. It, people in possession of printed material like words not even pornographic materials uh yes i'm like like how to do transgender procedures and and how yeah absolutely i would destroy all of it oh yeah i'm not gonna meet you there i'm not gonna meet you on printed word uh, oh yeah but- i break the knees of the people at the printing pro- i mean i would i would cut <laughs> yeah, but, this. But, it would but, be a whole thing okay but what limitations are there on that what like morally, what lines none what, okay so just, i mean that's but that that's my problem is it's just yeah. okay I, I and i'm not i'm not trying to deny that there are moral objections to 
the material or the ideology, the philosophy, even the practice of gender transitions in the way that you're saying. But if the rule is that stuff we decide we don't like is subject to uh, some sort of uh, crackdown at the printing press, I mean, that's a, it's a recipe for people's rights to be violated and it's a recipe for chaos. Well, I think you're right, but they, they were already in such deep chaos in the culture. Uh, people were starving to death. Uh, money was worthless. Um, degeneracy was rampant. So like, I, I'm not in that situation. Um, I'm not super worried about creating a more of an element of chaos. Like authoritarianism saved Germany. It did. Uh, it went a little too far for, for, I guess if you want to make that argument for a minute and then, uh, for a, for a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, that's my concern with a lot of these things too, is I know that we can point to certain bad outcomes and that is the temptation. Oh, look, this bad outcome happened. If only we had censored materials that promoted it or enabled it prior to that bad outcome, it would have been stopped. And I suppose it's possible that there are examples like that, but, but much like any moral concept, what you're talking about is long-term. What you're talking Mm -hmm. about is the aggregation of end results over time. And when you censor and control specifically information, not just, I mean, we're outside the realm of pornography and obscenity and some, and some of these edge materials that we can debate about. We're purely in the area of speech here. When you start getting centralized power, controlling what can and cannot be said, inevitably, Pieces of the truth get suppressed and that competition of ideas that produces challenging the status quo and advancement of all sorts of things, politically, technologically, all all of that gets obstructed. And I think over the long term, that is a net negative. Yeah, but there are some things that should never be introduced into a culture um, under any circumstances. As a society, all societies have agreed that there are some things that we're just not going to do. And I know you're going to say like, who decides? I mean, we as a society have to decide what that is. We've already decided child pornography is out. Some societies have decided that that's fine, but we need to also include in that um, homosexuality, uh, transgenderism. I'm granting that, that premise on, on child porn, not being pure speech, certainly because you introduced the element of a child who didn't consent. Even if you want to have the debate about whether porn itself is speech or not. But in this context, I want to keep it strictly to the idea of text and ideas. And if we're if we're busting printing presses up for text and ideas, I, I think that's a really worrisome prospect. But if it's an instructive manual about how to um, about how to do a transgender surgery at home. But what if it's an extra instructional manual about how to deal with the doctor who did the transgender surgery? Yeah, I you mean, know, like you can make instructional manuals be... about all sorts of criminal behavior. There are going to have to be rules about what information is allowed in society. And that's that's the way it already is. We need to change those rules. Well, um, I could the closest I could meet you is that if we have some sort of as long as we preserve the right to leave, then then I can get on board with a lot of these uh, with a lot more of this. uh, What I think is uh, something of a power grab, I suppose. But but as we talk about frequently, I would rather have smaller communities entitled to their own power grabs in the form of states, for example, where if you don't fit in with that power grab, you are perfectly entitled to leave and go build something else elsewhere. That at least preserves the rights of the people who don't fit into the power structure that is being built. Even if every most people in that community consent to that power structure and want to live that way, that's great. As long as the people who don't are free to uh, head over there 
that's something that I can get along with. If it's like you don't fit here or anywhere and we get to control your rights up to and including your right to go away. Yep. That's a problem. Um, I'm with you but, there. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, obviously you, you've piqued our interest in divide ideology. So I'll have to learn more about the, uh, that piece. Oh, of this next question. Uh, uh, Jake- Nicholas has to come in though before. I oh, sure. Out. Sure. Uh, Nicholas, thanks for your patience. Hey, no, sorry for uh, being technically retarded on your show. Well, it's, it's working okay. now. Hey, There's a lot of retardation uh, on this show. I don't, Hi. I don't exclude ourselves from that. Yeah. Well, hello, blonde. Hello, Matt. Hi. Uh, Hi. Matt, you look lovely tonight. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to anything, anything you guys want to talk about, or you want me to just kick off with what I had. How much do you know about El Salvador? <laughs> yeah. uh i know that they have pretty based prisons and Everyone's um, telling me about this but i haven't looked into it so i need someone to explain it to me uh i'm not the person to explain ah. it to you but okay. uh you should you should yeah they apparently just went out and locked up like forty thousand people with face tats and i think we should do that in the united states as well instead we should use head shape as the indicator Arrest on oh, yeah, head shape. Big fan of uh, the 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 phrenology yeah. argument there. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, what what did you want to talk about? Uh, we'll just go with so, that. Uh, well, I wanted to like try to make this an encouraging call, but it's based on um, immense discouragement and frustration with people on the right wing. We'll call it in this server and other servers generally. Um, and I'm not trying to make it personal. I know a couple of people are going to take this personally. Um, we want but, names. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to give any right. names, but they'll all know who they are. Uh, so I've been rather frustrated with uh, people complaining about us having a demographic crisis on our hands, which I totally agree with. We do. And um, why I'm frustrated is because these people sit and complain about it constantly, um, but they don't take the time to do the most simple thing that they could do to help stifle it or even reverse it, which is having kids. And so, um, like, I hear this constantly uh, that we have, I mean, the great replacement, and it is a thing to an extent, but, um, you know, there are people, a, a small fraction of people that shouldn't be having kids and that's like if you're a drug or alcohol addict or i don't know bit below the poverty line um or maybe if like you're you're so on track to to be a good leader like certain leaders of the 30s that um kids would get in your way of doing that but for everybody else um in a sense we have this tidal wave of other people coming to our country and all the people on our side do is complain about it and they're not repopulating our side fast enough. And I am hoping you guys can put a more encouraging spin on that. But basically, I want to try to get people from our side to start having kids stat because mm-hmm. whether it's a far right thing or uh, we'll call it a cultural thing, um, we do have a demographic crisis on our hands and now and much more so in 20 years oh yeah i totally agree and then i'm gonna immediately steal man this position because most of my interactions online are with younger men who are not super interested in having women because the dating market is so bad 
and women are worthless and America and all this stuff. I mean, these are, these are major, major problems. I understand that. But the number one argument I hear is like, well, um, I, I can't be married because the divorce system is so unfair to men. And that's true. But I want to implore people to think about, like, I know a lot of people that are, that are just like having children out of wedlock because of this. And when you have a child with somebody, it puts the woman in a uniquely vulnerable position. Like people on the right never talk about this. Like Pearl talks about this all the time. She doesn't have any kids. You don't understand that when you're married and you have a child, your husband could turn you into a single mom at any moment by going in and sticking it in some like younger, hotter chick. Like mm-hmm. there have, there have to be some levels of, um, of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it has to be difficult. You, you, it needs to be difficult for a man to leave. And people are like, well, a, a piece of state government paper is not going to mean that your husband is going to stay with you. I, I understand that, but we want to put as many steps in between, uh, you know, your husband leaving and, and staying with you as po- as you possibly can, because no matter what people say about women initiating divorce, um, male infidelity is like a, a huge problem. I know women cheat too and everything like that, but the male libido is, it's a serious thing. Right. So I want people to think about the, the risks that you take merely by having a child with a woman, even out of wedlock. And both, both spouses are highly reliant on each other. And so a woman gives away her vulnerability um, and her ability to uh, meet a new partner, like a, a good new partner, and her ability to have a stable family and everything like that. Um, and then the man gives away hit the potential for his future financial stability, which is not fair, but that's the way that it is. And people need to reframe marriage in their minds. Although I disagree with what is happening in men in divorce court, but you can't treat every woman like she's going to leave you. It's not, it's not a good way to start a marriage. Your spouses have to trust each other. No, certainly not. And to have kids outside of marriage is crazy. Nothing strengthened the idea of the institution of marriage for me more than being sleep deprived for like the sixth straight week with a newborn and thinking like, man, this sucks. I want to leave and go to a hotel. Mm -hmm. But knowing that I can't because I'm married and that's my kid. But, um, you know, the, the marriage component, I think, is an absolute necessity to that function. But um, on on that argument that the dating market sucks. It does. Uh, it's terrible. I, I disagree strenuously. I know mm-hmm. a lot of good young females who have the same complaints, which That's are true. Yeah. It's the dating, dating culture sucks right. out there. I know, I know girls that would be a, a perfect pickup for plenty of my guy friends who are all just too shy or sitting on discord talking about politics or whatever to take the initiative to go and, ask them out on a date. And so um, I, I don't really accept that argument at, anymore. And I know the dating market has gotten worse, but there are still plenty of people out there and you should be vigorously approaching the dating market um, because otherwise you're, you're not going to be as fulfilled if you want to look at it selfishly or you're not going to be as functional if you want to look at it from a group aspect. Right. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, and I know I, a lot of great people that found each other. And I think too, uh, well, first of all, before we let, before we're finished, uh, I want to ask you where you're finding these women, because <laughs> that is crucial information to the men who are in this situation. Uh, so actually, before I move on, can you give, could you give some insight as to where these women can be located? Where, where should a guy go shopping? 
uh, I'm, I'm not going to dox myself too much, but okay. I mean, I do know these, I know girls from high school okay. um, who are still single into their thirties oh. and, and I know it's killing me. And, and they're just like, I really want to take a step back from my career and be able to have a family. Mm-hmm. And like, they're genuinely worried about it. Um, I know that some of them play pickleball with me, if you want to <laughs> get real nerdy. Well, sure, but doing, yeah. doing some sort of group sport yeah. is going to be functional. Pickleball is a great pickup um, or tennis or group soccer or doing something physical because a you know you're not going to get a fatty and b yeah. you know that yeah. you know that that person is out there with some free time on their hands and they're looking to socialize with other people well, as well that, that's but, the thing i think i think uh, you are right about uh not only maybe potentially finding the right woman in that environment but even if you're just a guy who uh who joins the pickleball league like you're talking about and maybe the right girl isn't there at the time but through expanding your social circle maybe they meet you and you guys right. get to talking and the, and he says something to the effect of all oh, the market for chick sucks and and you have the answer well i know just the chick who was talking about this the other day that really is uh, a key is just finding ways to it it's not necessarily about actively shopping for a woman at all moments of the day though of course you take opportunities where you see them you try to be uh observant of that sort of thing but it's about right. understanding that every social connection that you make is an indirect connection to other people of similar mindset. So I, I think you're similar you're probably... mindset. That's really important too. Okay. So we've talked about this before, but I know a lot of virgins that got married a lot, uh, got married young. Every single one of them married a, a person that was also a virgin. I don't know that mm-hmm. anybody that has more than like a few numbers of sexual partners discrepancy in between the two of them. Um, and so what we're doing in society, it, it, like people like Andrew Tate, Andrew Tate, they're cultivating this type of man that has no uh, moral core in terms of sexuality, but is demanding to marry a virgin. But a virgin with a high uh, with high moral standards would never marry that man. And so it's perpetuating this insult culture, right? right. So if you want to marry a virginal woman, a woman that follows Christ, um, a woman that's actually going to be traditional, you have to be a chaste man. And you can learn about the nature of women and pick up games and things like that without engaging in the sexual activity. And I think that's really important because if a, if a woman is a virgin and she's serious about it and you've banged like even 10 women, she's going to be like, I'm, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. The yep. other thing I wanted to say in appreciation for your perspective, Nicholas, is that if the prophecy is true... Uh, it's going to take strong men to get us out of this. The prophecy oh, yeah. being that, uh, what, you know, the weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, all that stuff. Um, that that strong men are going to have to get us out of this either by being assertive and taking leadership roles with women in the way that you're describing, uh, being optimistic in the face of those obstacles and persevering through and building the families that that they should. Or we're going to have to fight in the gay war to correct all of this. And uh, you don't want to fight in the gay war. So to so take take the leadership role to be assertive, uh, no matter how tough it gets. I know it always sounds like cliche self-help, but I remember being in this situation five years ago and constantly telling myself and talking with Bond, all it takes is one. Lo and one. behold, yeah. all it took was one. And I'm in a completely mm-hmm. different situation five years later, even though uh, five years ago, just before this time, I was ready to quit. It's like, 
I guess this isn't for, I guess I'm just supposed to stream on the internet or something. I guess like family is not for me because I, because there's no chicks out there. They don't, they don't exist. Um, but you find the right one and everything changes. So yeah, totally. I think, I think you're right. You know, even if I can advocate for the guys that are saying the, the market sucks and there's really no hope. Um, well, there is hope. Yeah, I, I, I understand that position, but I think that that is a position to dissatisfy. If you follow that, it's it's a it's a pathway to dissatisfaction for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and you're kind of casting your stone. Well, anyway, I'll I'll jump off. I'll say one last thing, which is, um, you know, make sure you better yourself. And that would be by working hard at whatever you do, learning a marketable skill and exercise like four times a week if you can. Yeah. And you're going to make yourself more attractive than 90% of your competition, whether you're male or female. Um, uh, yeah. Hard to so, yeah. I mean, the best way to reveal your power level is to replicate yourself. But yeah. I appreciate the time. Hope you guys have a great night. Philosophically yeah. sound. Thanks. Uh, thanks. And uh, all the best to you and your family. All right. See ya. Thank God. I thought he was going to say the N word. One more thing. I know, so did I. I God. I was like, he was so polite. He's just going to end bomb us. He's going to drop. Yeah. He's going to drop the surprise. Uh, well, I, I hope that doesn't get him in discord trouble. I don't think it will. I think he's perfectly fair with that. And, and I understand the perspective of guys who are in a much more defeatist mindset. Um, oh yeah. But I hope, I hope they don't submit to that because I promise you there is something better for you. If you, commit yourself to finding a wife and building a family. Uh, and men have more time. It's not easy, but nothing worthwhile is ever easy, even if it is completely unfair. I grant all those things. It's, it is a bunch of bullshit, but every generation before us has had a bunch of bullshit in their way in one form or another, and this is our bullshit. Our bullshit is sluts and trannies, and uh, we'll have to navigate that, but it's better than uh, it's better than a battlefield, at least for now, until we get the actual slut and tranny battlefield that's coming, and then we'll have that fight when it's here. Okay, uh, back to the questions. Jake from State Farm, what is a topic that you just can't stand being gaslit about and why? Oh, I got one. Uh, you want to think about yours for a second? Uh, no, ready? go ahead, because I'm, I don't know. I'm, my brain is losing function. It's getting to that point in the night. So what do you got? Okay, I know we already talked about my miscarriage. But the, the, okay, the left loves to do this thing where they associate um, intentional abortion with spontaneous abortion because Mm. they're saying like, it's the same thing medically. And so what they've done is taken this procedure, a DNC, a dilation and curatage, which they use. If you've had a missed miscarriage, you know, the baby is already dead to sweep your uterus out. It is exactly the same procedure as an abortion, as a surgical abortion, but the baby's already dead. Um, so Jenna Duggar or Jessa Duggar or whatever, she lost a baby at 12 weeks and she had to have a, a DNC. And there were all of these articles about how she had had an abortion. But there was this, this intentional obfuscation of the most important moral point of all of that, which is that the baby was confirmed dead already through no fault of her own. And she was devastated. It is not the same thing. And then the left is just doing this thing where like we're taking away women's rights they're going to die from miscarriages no one is doing that no one is trying to do that it's so retarded and unethical it just makes me furious and then women are getting are aborting their healthy fetuses and um they're thinking like well how's this any different than having a miscarriage because hmm. you did it versus you didn't do it yeah one is intent and the other is yeah is not. like intent doesn't matter yeah um i i suppose uh a lot of the 
there's so many examples of the logic in all of the Corona nonsense that drives me nuts. And I guess you could say it's uh, I would characterize it all as unfalsifiable counterfactuals, which sounds uh, complicated. But what I mean by that is whenever people say, yeah, but it would have been so much worse if if you know, right. Yeah, sure. Right. Lockdown sucked. But it would have been so much worse if we didn't do that. Yeah, sure. The vaccine uh, maybe was not as advertised, but imagine if we didn't have it. And it's, it's all less sick. Yeah, it's it's unfalsifiable things I can't invent a counterfactual world, a hypothetical world where this didn't happen to, to do that comparison. Some there are some methods you can use to make that evaluation. But generally, they just set up an imaginary world. Where we're just supposed to accept the premise that it would be way worse if not for this. Yeah. And and you can't you can't really argue against that in their view. Now I'm not saying you can't, but in their view you can't because they'll say, Well, what evidence do you have? And it's like, well, I can't I can't provide evidence for something that didn't happen, or I can't provide evidence in the context of a negative, as you're saying. Right. They yeah. they try to set up this sort of uh logic shield, I suppose, or, or a way to a way to to make it inarguable that that is 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 unwork it's it's just unfalsifiable you can't disprove it to their satisfaction so okay i guess more shots more lockdowns more everything um i think it i think it really was part of the i don't want to use the word genius but the intelligence of the propagandizing i i totally yeah we we have been conned and duped in so many ways over the last couple of years and and people buy into it yeah sure um we had this struggle but imagine if we didn't have x y and mm-hmm. z imagine if the big pharma and government government bureaucrats hadn't been looking out for us in the way that they have uh, i would like to imagine such a world actually can we try that next time can we reach an agreement all right you guys tried lockdowns and uh, big pharma solutions Gentlemen's agreement, handshake, not that they ever agree <laughs> to such terms anyway. Next time right. we're trying jack shit, okay? Next time it rolls around, we're going to do... We're going to do nothing. Jack shit as our, or, as, our, uh, as our policy test here and see what happens. Speaking of, Dr. Fauci wrote a question. You want to take it? Sure. Um, I've noticed a trend lately where I'll ask someone a question like, what makes you assume I'm a cis white male or what does masculinity mean to you? And be told that's very that very question is transphobic. Or I'll ask, what do you think crime is higher in the majority? Why do you think crime is higher in the majority of black neighborhoods? And just be told, just asking that question makes you racist. Is it possible that a large part of our population has become query phobic? <laughs> totally. Well, I think that a lot of it is that um, they have to defend. Wait, is it offense? When you do something preventively? Yes. I was trying to think of a sports analogy and it didn't go very well. They have to like uh, behave in that way. They have to put on an offense because they don't have a defense. Did I do it? I think I follow what you're saying. Defense. They put on an. They offense have to they attack have you because they have an inability to defend the concept. Is that? There we go. Yes. Uh, and the only way you do that is by by saying like you can't ask those questions. But you're, you've got a good thing going on with some Socratic method. Well, I like the term query phobic, as in I like it too. Yeah. Question phobic, inquiry phobic. Uh, you, yeah, we can't be that kind of society, uh, and and there shouldn't be anything that is off limits to questioning. And this is really at the spirit of what we were getting at earlier. I don't, uh, I don't want matters of public concern to be unquestionable, unchallengeable. That's one of the fundamental principles behind restraint in state power on these speech speech issues. Um, 
how do we how do we inspire a generation to ask questions again? Because that's the thing about the truth. I know that uh, we all want the truth to win in the end. Obviously, I share that goal with the same people who want the state to be more heavy handed on these things. We all want that truth to win out. I I would contend that the truth has a pretty good habit uh, or a pretty good track record of defending itself so long as it is given a free forum in which to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if you're the sort of person who believes that the truth exposes itself in that way, then yeah, you have to have a commitment to asking questions all the time. Uh, but, but I don't know the kids these days, they don't, they don't do that. Some things are not, are not, uh, questionable off the table. You just have to accept them as unquestionable truth. And uh, anybody who does ask those questions is bad. Mr. Ed says, what is your most uncle Ted view? I assume this is uh, your guy, Ted that he's asking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't, I'm not well read on Ted. So I'll, I guess I'll just have to kick that one to you. Sure. I think that um, industrialization has taken us away from our, our roots as humans. And that in turn has um, led us to like, to divorce ourselves from humanity that I, I totally agree with him on that. And then um, the advent of the information age has, has largely been disastrous. Like, I think that this, this access to information, this constant access to information is, you know, people are, their IQ is going down every year in a linear manner. I actually I think saw people, some demonstration of that for the first time. In the last hundred years, we on, always talk about oh. on average, it's gone down <laughs> on average. Yeah. The average American IQ has dropped for the first time in like a century. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with access to information. I mean, for somebody like Skag, access to information is, uh, you know, one of life's greatest gifts, but most people are not like that and they need information to be tailored and delivered to them in a certain way, or they will consume less information. And that's just the way that it is. And I think that that's why people are dumber. And of course, there's the effect of it shortening your attention span. There are different different forms of intelligence. I sound like some kindergarten no, teacher or something. True. But what yeah. I mean is uh, there is a certain level of intelligence in being able to process factual information and repeat it and be be a human encyclopedia. Now, it's it's never been easier to access information in that way look up a fact find out what the capital of this state is whatever i mean that that's never been faster you have all of that world's knowledge in your pocket at any moment that doesn't necessarily replace analytical ability though that doesn't replace the ability to gather facts a b and c compare them to x y and z understand all the complexity of that and and reach uh, some sort of conclusion about whatever question is being asked about all of those factors right you right. can't really at least until the AI is more advanced, until ChatGPT gets better, that the analytical component of the human mind is not there with computers yet. It is like mathematically, if you have a mathematical formula. But if it's something like analyze uh, how this scenario fits into the law, you know, a computer is not necessarily going to be able to do that just yet. Um, yep. But to the extent that yeah, to the extent that some of those thinking capacities have been replaced by computers, I'm sure it is dumbing on us uh, to some degree. It'd be it's totally yeah. wh- whether it's the computers or another factor. There is evidence that we are getting dumber. So, uh, da- uh, dangerous spaces up next. I can't remember if I'm reading or you are. 
uh, you are, I think. All right. A Twitter account called The Socialist Party said, uh, quote, Jack's a carpenter. His neighbor, Gene, is a baker. Gene has some doors with loose hinges. Jack says he'll fix them. Gene says she'll give him some cakes as a thank you. Scale up a willingness to help others where all will receive what they need and you have a socialist society. I responded that this was bartering, to which they responded, this is not bartering. Jack volunteered to help without asking for something in return. Jean offered to provide Jack with something, even though she did not have to. This is normal human nature, people being nice and helpful, which money-obsessed capitalism obstructs. Given that this Twitter exchange uh, happened at nearly 1 a.m., I didn't want to get into an argument explaining to these morons how stupid this hippie bullshit is. And also, it's still bartering, by the way. <laughs> so instead of emailing to ask what your opinion is. Also, they seem to be suggesting an interaction like this between two neighbors could be extrapolated to society at large thoughts. Well, that latter... That's so funny because they're talking about small-scale community building with like-minded neighbors. Uh, yeah, that's another component of this. That's what a bunch of retards. I think his point and your point there is correct that on a pure voluntary level, like just doing something to help out out of the goodness of my heart course i'm going to do that for my neighbor or my family more so than like some guy who lives in manhattan or something yeah but even still um jack decided to provide this service in exchange for nothing why because jack is the owner of his own labor and so if jack decides well i would like to provide this labor in exchange Mm -hmm. for cakes or dollars or whatever else well jack as the owner of that labor is the one who's at liberty to make that determination socialism communism whatever that would be some central authority telling jack you will provide this labor to gene you have an obligation to you have a state requirement to that there's there's always someone forcing someone to perform the task under a socialist or a communist system it's not goodness of your heart it's that the state has delegated the task to you and you are not in fact the owner of your labor your labor is uh to be controlled and distributed by the central power itself so This strikes me as something of a socialist self-own. And and I also have to take, I have to dispute the idea that Jack could be a carpenter who normally charges X dollars to build a house. But Gene is his neighbor and Gene needs some help. So he goes over there and helps her out for free because he's just a nice neighbor guy. Those are not mutually exclusive. You can do both. And he's at liberty to do both because he's the owner of his, of his labor. If you, the concept of socialism disputes otherwise that the collective owns your labor and dictates how that ought to be applied and distributed. Any other Great. thoughts oh. you have on that? All right. Oh, no, I thought you, you're not going to stick up for the National Socialists a little bit? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not actually a National Socialist. All right. Just uh, like Hitler. Okay. <laughs> Gilgamesh. Hey, Blonde, congrats on the hit piece done by the SPLC. Did you know that the movie The Whale is an anti-Christian movie? It's about a man who leaves his wife, daughter, for a man. He becomes the whale after his fag lover kills himself. Seriously? I didn't know that. Did you? Uh, no, Did it win Best Picture? Jeez. This is uh, Brendan Fraser as the big fat guy. Is that I yeah. saw? Okay. Is he? Is the movie called The Whale because he's a big fat guy? I don't know anything about yeah, that. Yeah. That's why. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know anything about the movie beyond that. Uh, so I'll have to leave it at that. But I guess now I'm kind of interested. Maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> Zazie McTazbot. Hello from Whitmerland. Uh, I live in the shadow of the University of Michigan and masks never stopped. Every day I see people wearing two masks or wearing them as they ride a bike. What will it take 
Uh, when will it stop? Even now, 30 to 40 percent of customers still wear masks. Well, I've not seen it like that anywhere that I've I've been to San Francisco recently and it, and it was not on that level. So something is definitely haywire in Michigan. If <sighs> that's the case. Uh, and, 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 and cyclists wearing masks. Okay. You want to talk about finally converting me over to some, uh, fascist persuasions, <laughs> yeah. cyclists and masks. Okay. Uh, that'll do it. The, those are the people who don't deserve the right to leave that straight into the box car with you right. This yeah. way. Uh, I, I don't, I guess it's just going to take some good old fashioned, uh, col- uh, uh, uh What's the word I'm looking for? You have to be the reverse Karen, I guess. You're going to have to, instead of lecturing people to put on their masks, you're going to have to reverse Karen and say, get that fucking mask off your face. I guess it's the only way. I don't want to be reverse Karen. I want nothing to do with that, but. I do. That sounds awesome. All right. Well, we're going to need some volunteers. I, I, I'm, uh, I wonder if that's accurate. I'm sure it probably is. He's probably not exaggerating 30 to 40% though. Maybe it's just the college campus thing. Maybe it's everybody on campus is such a virtuous, good person that they have to advertise it permanently. Or maybe they're a bunch of uggos with a bunch of nasty teeth and they don't want to show them. Um, Adolf Edwardstein with the collapse of SVB and people's faith in modern traditional banking systems failing, falling. What are the routes people should take in their financial futures? I'm not sure dumping in my 401k into gold and toilet paper is feasible. Feasible. I, think I should say that. I know Matt and Blonde aren't financial advisors, but are there any non memes we should be doing? I'm just continuing my 401k the way it is and continuing to save um, in my HYSA for everything else. I. Uh, Wait, you missed the PS. Oh, PS. I hate N words. Oh, Sorry. thank you. The N word. You know N-words. what the N word um, is? I don't know. I think that the biggest thing is like having your real estate holdings. Be somewhere where you could live long term. Uh, maybe grow, grow some stuff there, um, and then converting your cash into into real property. I think that's important. But if you have a matching plan, then like, there's no reason to not be taking advantage uh, of that. Yeah, I uh, well, diversity is my strength. I just I I buy a bunch of different stuff. I I try to make sure that I have a lot of different ways to store value. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't serious about a retirement account until the last couple of years, like until I kind of got married and had a kid. And then you realize you need things like a retirement account and life insurance and all that stuff. Ooh, yeah. Um, right now, I, obviously I am my own employer or I work for a company that I own is the technical arrangement. So I don't have matching unless I match my own contribution, which is just, I mean, that's just me contributing to my retirement account, but I, I so resent the concept of retirement accounts. The idea that I have to pay the government up front, at least in, in this particular arrangement, pay the government up front for the privilege of putting responsibly putting my money into a place where it can be maximized to take care of myself and my family in the future. The privilege being that the IRS will take a smaller part of it in the future or no part of it at all that I have to jump through these hoops, these legal hoops to put money in a place like a responsible person. But the IRS tells me you can't touch it until you're 65. If you do, we're going to take like a quarter of it. So it's very difficult in a time presently too. I have not neglected my retirement entirely, but given the uncertainty that exists right now, it's very hard for me to put money into a place that I can't access for 30 more years 
Oh, yeah. Without some serious penalty, even though I'm not going to quit because I need money to retire on. But like, dude, <laughs> I just am I going to be actually uh, handle? Is this is this something I'm going to use in 30 years time in the normal way or is society yeah. going to be like a completely different thing? Um, you know, again, don't take my worry as a reason not to contribute to your own retirement. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just, I hate the concept so much. I hate the concept that the IRS is telling me, Hey, good job trying to secure your family's future, but, uh, you better not touch that fucking money for 30 years or else we're going to get you for it. Well, like why, why would I put my, like again, gold ammunition and dog shit is my preference. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, but, but, uh, that's been my strategy over the last couple of years is just, I, I try to own a little bit of everything that's valuable. I'm not a land owner other than like my home that I own. So that's not something I've got into, but you can even buy land fractionally. We had a caller about that a couple of, like maybe a year or two ago. That was not something I was aware of because I thought, oh, if you want to buy like property, you got to be a person with, you know, uh, six figures to work with or something. Um, no, you can actually no, buy fractional yeah. shares of, can, yeah. Yeah, of real estate, which is not something that I've ever been involved in. But if you're the sort of person that uh, wants to make that investment, it's actually much more approachable than I thought. So mm-hmm. that's an option, too. If you don't want to buy like precious metals, you don't want to buy crypto, you right. don't want to yeah. um, get into the stock market. I mean, my answer is just like a little bit of A, B, C, and D, such that if any one thing is fucked, I'm not, you know, I'm not completely <laughs> yeah. destroyed. But that's um, yeah. So diversify. It is. It is your strength. Embrace it. Uh, I think we're we're set, right? Yeah. All right. Well, thank Let's you see. for the uh, email questions, guys. We do have to catch up with our chatters, and we'll call it a night over on uh, Rumble. Uh, one more reminder, if you'd like to submit an email question, contact page of the website, mattchristiansonmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call and show question form. Addicted to drums over on Rumble says, thanks. Thank you. We left off with, uh, I, the last one I had was Ark, and I need to refresh. Did you read Ark? I believe we did, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, you did. Nick Perdue says, interview Fuentes. I have my friend Dave Riley on it, harassing him via text. I'm working on it. I thought you said uh, there was a spousal objection. Yes, but he also doesn't watch my YouTube channel. I don't even think he'd know. This is going to be your path to divorce. <laughs> no, he would never leave me for that. <laughs> Famous last words. Um, Long Don John. Some of these emailers need to be careful to not create the noose that the blue hairs will hang them with when mm. it comes to questions of government should be able to do X, censor X, or take kids because of Y. If any doubts, say no. That's true. Yeah, yeah I... I... I'm trying to engage these ideas, honestly, both because the degeneracy that we face is a is a severe threat uh, and because I think the nature of their grievances is legitimate. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to act like there there's there's nothing to what they're saying. I just I agree with I agree with you, Long Don John, that you got to be careful about what knives you sharpen. Those are knives that uh, can be used against you as well. Yeah. And uh, that that's just something to consider. Chandler Baird says there was a really good discussion between distributus and last things on religion and the postmortem condition, postmodern <laughs> condition of trying to follow through on the practices and dealing with the feeling with feeling inauthentic about true belief in God. Hmm. Distributus and the last things on religion. Okay. Thank you for the recommendation and thanks for supporting the show. 
Holden Mulray, Hi, Truth Seekers. Which would you say has been more detrimental to the corporate IQ of the U.S.? Lead in gasoline and paint prior to 1979 or television? <laughs> well, because of lead, IQ has dropped. There, there have been like a, a over 14 billion collective IQ points that have dropped. That's legit. That's uh, that's pretty. There's pretty solid science behind that. Oh yeah, hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, the the correlation between lead exposure and uh, neurological damage is basically irrefutable. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with lead on this one. All right, the lead is more damaging than the propaganda. All right. uh, nope. As soon as I said it, I don't. No, television. Television. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't. I I, I guess. Uh, well, I'd have to look at the IQ trends over time. You could probably see what they're was... still going down, even though we're at the, we're at the lowest level of lead. In well, the, the information I saw said it was the the first drop in a hundred years, but I don't know. You know, different people might have different measures, or I'm not. Lead exactly wasn't sure. phased out until 1978. I think we. Uh, thank you, Holden. I think we missed Done Day. Uh, if I may, God doesn't get. Or did you read this one? He said, uh, "God doesn't give oh, us more than God." Or, God doesn't give us more than God can handle. Our part is to depend on him. Remember, Israel means struggles with God. So you're in the grand tradition. I suppose I am. And there's something, uh, and I I shouldn't say me only. I think uh, we're both in that. That just because you have your questions and your doubts doesn't mean that you've abandoned the journey. And uh, whatever it is that compels me to continue on this journey is undeniable. I'm not going to wash my hands of it and walk away. There are questions too many important questions that are unanswered for me. So that's true. But I'm angry. I don't think that you have this like hostility towards God that I. No, de- definitely not. I don't. Uh, I don't feel like I have a, a grievance or a or something. Well, I like mean, that. not that you shouldn't. You've had experienced more hardships than I have for sure. Well, everybody has in their own ways. I don't. I don't want. You know, I've I've ex- I've suffered terrible loss, but many people have. I'm not unique in that way, and uh, so uh, you know, and so sometimes. If you asked me about that loss, I don't know, eight years ago, I might have felt differently than I do now. Yeah. Uh, time has has an effect of coming to terms with things. I guess so. I mean, when you hear about uh, people's loss, you're always like, I could, I, I could just never go through that. But I guess it's kind of in us all if we have to, right? Yeah. It, it will um, get us all eventually. You know, you, <laughs> nobody escapes that. So, uh, so that and that's another reason to be. Uh, philosophically, theologically sound, you're going to need things to rely on when those tough times hit you. And that, that needs to be your family and your faith and those fundamental things. Without those, uh, you're in trouble. So yeah. build them while the times are good, if they're good right now. But they're better than they probably will be. So <laughs> get get to building. Who's next? Incompetent Hands. Yeah. In the original novella, Red really was Irish. The studio wanted Harrison Ford to play Red. But when Darabont pointed to Ford's terrible narration of Blade Runner, they opted for Morgan Freeman. Is that true? <laughs> Is that actually correct? I wonder if uh, that's hilarious. If that's how the, if that's how the history played out. I mean, I don't know if the yeah. I, I guess I would have spec if that was true. I would have thought it would be some diversity nod or something like that. But. Uh, there's no denying that as far as narration voices go, Morgan Freeman, I think, is is pretty high up there. <laughs> that guy's made a career out of, uh, you know, reading scripts for oh, voiceover his voice work. is so soothing. So soothing. I'm um, searching for adventure. My wife is having my second child and I realize any man who doesn't want at least two kids must be into the D 
We need strong men building strong families. Otherwise, the ABC Mafia will breed us out. Here, here. <laughs> well, they can't breed you out necessarily unless the uh, trans lesbians uh, inseminate the actual lesbians. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they have that problem, but they will steal kids into the into the. That's uh, true. I yeah. The, the full Santorum realization. I used to think that was such a nonsense propaganda point that no, they just want to be left alone. They want to live their own lives. Nobody's trying to take your kids. And in fairness, I think that that is still a subset. Um, I don't mean to say that everybody out there is trying to be some sort of child indoctrinator or kid grabber, but there are more kid grabbers than I anticipated. That has to be acknowledged. <laughs> I did not foresee the degree of kid grabbers there would be. Dangerous faces. Um, so, can you read some? Yeah. Why, why does Bluey make blonde like me more? I think he recommended it or what? Oh, I don't know. Uh, every every parent is like lets their kid watch Bluey and stuff when they have to do other stuff. But um, my daughter, I'll give her an episode like every other day or something like that. And it is just the most wholesome family show. And I have not been watching it for long, but I have not noticed any propaganda. Or is it is it an Australian show? Is that yeah. The- or is it, is anyway, it, the the dad in Bluey sounds just like Dangerous. Oh, so it's not even that he recommended it. It's just the voices are very similar. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Dangerous Spaces. Logan Orr, you know, what is the proper pronunciation of the country? I don't know that I'm entirely clear. So I'm going to connect, uh, consult the old Google pronunciation guide. It's uh, Niger. 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 Uh, Logan Orr says, Niger, add a G for more fun. Well, we can't do that. Uh, but, you know, Niger. He said the N-word. It's like Niger is what was written on the Chick-fil-A cl- uh, cop, and that was deemed a racial slur. So the right. country of Niger has a lot to totally racist. They got a apologize lot of for. for. Yeah. And speaking of Niger, do Niger. I had to be careful. <laughs> I, do Niger and Nigeria, do they share a border? They're basically the same region, aren't they? I don't know. Uh, the reason I'm thinking of Nigerians is because did you see the video of the the Osindiro brothers, Jesse Smollett's attackers, quote unquote? No. They made they released a video the last couple of days. We have to talk about this on Sunday. They they showed they went to the spot and explained step for step how they fake beat Jesse's ass. <laughs> and they're like, all right, this is the spot where we said, uh, yeah, this is MAGA country n word faggot. Like <laughs> just they repeat everything <laughs> and a reenactment. And it's so funny. They actually seem like really cool guys. Uh, they seem like they were just in it for the money, more or less. I know that there were allegations that they were like that. This was some like gay jealousy thing with Jesse or whatever. Uh, I don't know, but they they seem like they're funny. Um, what? Oh, what I think uh, I just left the Discord chat. Oh, oh. no, you're still in, but that's all right. Uh, oh, last one here. Two dogs. Mike D. There's a new conservative dating app called The Right Stuff, but it's only available on iPhone. What single conservative man uses an iPhone? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's hilarious. Is there really? Uh, I've heard of this. And then uh, when it came out, my response was that is fed bait. Fed, yeah. fed, 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 and of, fed, And of fed. course, I was just joking. Like they, they made their whole promotional. And I was like, this is a great way to meet an FBI informant because that's what it looked like. I'm not taking shots at people who might want to use it. And of course... You get responses from people. Do you have any evidence to say that this is actually a fed up or are you just lying to discourage people? It's like, Jesus Christ. Can't we joke about fed bait? Can't we yeah, have a little fun? Yeah. I don't they know. They what People on the right do have to have a way of meeting each other, though. Yeah, I, I hope this is successful in that way. But you do also have to be careful for fed bait in whatever right wing meeting 
uh, space you're, you're in. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, last one. Holden Mulray says your conversation with Nicholas was edifying and enjoyable. It's not easy, but better yourself and build a great family. The family is the cell of societal tissue. That's why Satan attacks it so hard. Yeah. I, uh, the forces of evil do seem particularly intent on destroying it. That, that is, uh, very noticeable. Okay. I think we're all set. Uh, Thank you on uh, DLive to Slap Weasel as well. Appreciate your support for the show. Let's mm. see. Um, yeah, we're good. Let me give it one quick refresh. Make sure we didn't miss anybody. But other than that, uh, we are set to call it a night. You have anything else you wanted to say before we're finished up? Nope. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Sunday. All right. Thank you for the calls. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for your super chats. We will indeed... Be back on Sunday to talk about whatever happens between now and then. If you uh, missed any part of the show and you'd like to listen back, you can head on over to the podcast page of the website as soon as we're done. MattChristensenMedia.com slash podcast is where you'll find the show audio replay. Anything else show related you're looking for, same spot, MattChristensenMedia.com. We'll be back on Sunday. Hope to see you then. Have a good night.